All right. Okay. Anytime you want to stop fighting hats. Hey everybody and welcome to Sneaky Dragon. I'm Ian Boothby. And I'm David Dedrick. There we go. Uh, I'm feeling uh, better uh, right now Good. than I did last week and uh, much better than I did the week before that. Uh, so just getting that out of the way. Uh, as they say, good, better, best, never let it rest till your best is better and your better best. Okay. Yeah, that's what they say. Never, never heard that. You've never heard that? Never heard that in my yeah, life. That's from something. Okay. Not sure what it was. All right. A dream? No, I don't think it was a dream. No, I think I... it's I think it's uh, le- legitimate. Just, just made it up. Why now. do I think it's from Black Beauty? It's not, but <laughs> could be. Yeah, I think that could be from Black Beauty. It could okay. be from like a Black Beauty book that yeah. was like one of those books with the record that you would get and you sure, would play sure. the record and do the thing and then if it was a disney one it would play like one of the songs for you and uh you'd hear that song you know a million times because you're a kid you <laughs> yeah. play it on your little record player because sure. it doesn't go on the good record player no so you get the get the hi-fi sticky <laughs> um <laughs> play it on your yeah, little no, one not quite well the creature from the black beauty oh yeah okay yeah sure maybe that's a sequel i don't remember the better, best part of it, though. And we played that one to death because my sister would love Black Beauty. Mm. Like the Black Stallion, like Black Beauty, like anything <laughs> horse-related. Yeah, sure, sure. Every horse movie, uh, uh, we would have to go out and see. Did you have a... And just me and her. My parents would stay far away from that nonsense. <laughs> they didn't want to encourage it. Yeah. It didn't work. She but said. every week we'd go Saturday, there'd be something, and usually be horse... It would be the horse movie or it'd be some play on uh, Born Free. Okay. Yeah. Huh. I don't really remember those films being in the theater, actually. Well, it was in Burlington, Ontario. I think it was like uh, theater for like movies for kids yeah. on the matinees and they send the kids to the movies. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if they were in regular circulation or someone just had like a film. Okay. I mean, one week, as I've mentioned before, we watched a very uh, European version of Pinocchio that was like disturbing <laughs> as hell. <laughs> okay. Because uh, it was really Pinocchio. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't like, oh, Pinocchio. Oh, Pinocchio. Because <laughs> even like, ah, Pinocchio is still, oh, Pinocchio. Yeah, yeah. And this was, ooh, Pinocchio. <laughs> this was like, how do you how do you stop him being a donkey? Mm. Well, you got to boil his skin off. Oh. You yeah. know, like you do with donkeys when they die. And that's how you get their skin you know, Weird. like in that movie Pinocchio that we all like so much. Oh, by the way, we mentioned the a lot of the donkeys are kids. Yeah, that was a thing. Hmm. There yeah. is that. That's interesting because there's that. I never heard about it as a kid. It wasn't until I was much older that I heard about this it's kind of a variant of Cinderella called donkey skin, where the girl is dre- like wearing donkey skin. Okay. And I guess, which indicated that she was poor or something like that. And then she's, like a prince sees her. Or, anyway, I, can't, I don't know all the details of it, but it's like a. Fairy tale called Donkey Skin. Right. Which is a weird name. It's kind of disturbing. I'm just picturing some donkeys going to the movies one night. I'm like, you like Cinderella? Yeah, I heard this is like Cinderella. Oh, good. Let's watch that. Wait, wait a second. Uh-huh. What the hell? What the hell's going on here? The same thing happened to those people when they went to see that Ralph Bakshi film, whose name I will not say. Okay, yeah, that sounds good. <laughs> I was going to go like, what Ralph Bakshi film? Then I thought, well, anyone that's not, you know, a Tolkien one, I guess. Like almost any Bakshi film is somewhat disturbing mm. on a fairly deep level. Yeah, yeah. I don't think it's I don't think it's exploitative or anything. But the name, the, the name is not the name is 
challenging, obviously, right. and it's meant to be challenging. But um, yeah, it's sympathetic. It's not like uh, oh sure, that'd be weird to just it, like <laughs> make. You know what I'm going to make a real racist movie. I'm sure. I'm but, sure. But I mean, you can make a movie with the best of intentions, and it comes off right that way. He but made it, Fritz the Cat. I'm sure that was meant to be sex positive and like you know <laughs> you really like Fritz. Yeah, I suppose that's that's the thing. I, I suppose Cool World. We're supposed to root for someone in that. I don't know who. I don't. Remember. I it's don't been know a while who. Since I saw that movie, but Here some. Oh boy, <clears throat> isn't it funny how you? I mean, I maybe fell off. But I. I meant you know. I like. I actively went and saw Ralph Bakshi's film yeah. as a kid, like as a teenager, like American Pop or whatever it's called, and. Uh, street hassle, I can't they're called anymore. There's a few that came out, and you're interested because you're they were animated for, and I like animation, so that made me interested in them. And I saw the I saw his, you know his half of the Lord of the Rings right movie back when that was all the Lord of the Rings you could get. Like you think yeah. now, like oh, why am I watching this? And it's like because there was nothing else Lord <laughs> of the Rings. That was it. Yeah, yeah. Well, you're in. I mean, I was a Lord of the Rings fan, so sure. I was interested in that part of it, but I also liked animation. So I was, and I'd seen, you know, they had the Hobbit already, the the bank, the Rankin Bass animated version. Uh, so I, you know, you saw that, and then you're like, oh, maybe this will be kind of like, oh, it's not, it's not like that one at all. When did Lord of the Rings come out? The books uh, during the, during World War Two. Okay, that's why they were, from what I heard, they were. That's why they were divided into three books is because of of paper shortages. They wanted to save it to see how the war would turn out and they changed the ending. You well, know what? Maybe fascism's good. Mm, you know, let's 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 do it, the third it. book and like and you know what? Okay. That's balanced. all worked out. Let's be more balanced here. Yeah, Sauron had a point. Can okay. We have someone come in and you know <laughs> argue for on Sauron's side. Well, no, I think it was Well, just, you did. It was uh Saruman. Yes, I guess. Yeah. Um the is no, it was just paper shortages because of you know, the war was on and they're using them to make uh, paper planes in the mm. offices. They're just, we have no paper. They're all, yeah. we're using it all. for. We're dressing up mice as soldiers and we're hoping <laughs> it would fool the Germans. Just like, real, just throw them real That's hard right. above, you know, uh, above them. And they're like, mm. oh, there's planes. Are you sure? Because they look like mice. Yeah, from this height. That's right. Of course. Of course they look like mice to you. I think they're actually mice. No, no, no. We surrender. There's too many planes. Well, isn't there a movie about like that part of the british secret service that was involved in creating like decoy decoy like decoy action like they took like a, actually had like a dead body mm-hmm. and they put information yeah that was uh, fake and operation they, mincemeat is that what it's called yeah that came out last year yeah oh, okay was, okay uh, at least some variation um mm-hmm. what's it, it was yeah. pretty secret for a long time i think it was only like with within the last i mean it's been a while so probably like the last 20 years was when the files were finally like released like people yeah. could, see, could have look look at them and stuff like that because that wasn't all they did. They did things where, like, they put they they created like all these cardboard tanks and they erected them in France in some part of France. So that made the Germans think that the next like push would be on that. But they they went a different way. But they right. used that as like a decoy. I wonder how like, often all kinds of little tricks. someone would go. That's just cardboard. And then <laughs> well, I mean, then, the, whoops, bam. The the Russians did that as well, like with their tanks and stuff. So they had like some real tanks and they had like. All these like decoy tanks. So when wow. the American spy satellites would see them, they'd be like, "Oh, they are. They got tanks up the yin yang." My, and that's uh, not comfortable. Yeah, they had to take yin yang. Uh, that was one of the <laughs> not in Russia, obviously. Um, what Yangsky? <laughs> when um, uh, when I was on my flight to uh, to France, uh, Belgium, 
You know, you yeah. know where we went. You were there. <laughs> I was there. You were there. I wasn't on the flight though. You weren't on that flight. You are on a flight. You didn't. You didn't walk. You went by a plane. <laughs> but, I, mean, I wasn't on that your flight. Right, but my yeah. my plane is the specific one for this story. Yeah. So as I'm going there, I'm watching a bunch of movies, mm-hmm. and the, there's an older woman who's next to me who I uh, friendly to off the top of the, uh, the 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 flight, which means she's talking to me through the whole flight. Um, but she's watching Operation Mincemeat and she keeps like looking over at me like, eh, it's pretty good. It's a good <laughs> film. And like, I can't hear it. I don't know. But I, I think she really wanted me to watch it. And I was like, no, I don't, I don't want to watch Operation Mincemeat. I don't want to watch that. I don't blame I don't wanna, you. No. I don't want to watch dumb things for, for, for a good long time. <laughs> it, yeah. She liked it though. Hearty recommendation. Is that right? From the woman on my flight. Okay. Well, I'll have to, oh. was, like at the end of it. Now that's a movie. I was like, okay. <laughs> was she like an older lady? Yes. Very okay. much so. Yeah. It's Colin Firth. You know, it has all the things that appeal to sure. older ladies. And if you like Colin Firth, I'm not calling an older lady. I'm just no, saying no. that he appeals to a particular demographic. That, mm-hmm. Not to say that you're like a big part of it, but. You are um, Sally Firth. You're coming. You're coming up on you. Now this is the point where I worry because I notice you're doing a lot of technical things right now. I am, and I'm trying to talk and also do technical things. But don't worry, we are we are being recorded. we are recording. It's just not. It's just the safety is not being recorded. Okay. So I'm going to uh, I'm going to. This will be another one of those episodes that's uh, classic length. Uh, just because I'm I'm still like a little bit tired that's from fine. things, so I'm just yeah, yeah. I'm just I'm, I'm letting the uh, listener know like uh, what what happens at like why why is this about half the length of a regular episode? Do they have a terrible fight at the end? It's like no, <laughs> everything's uh, everything's okay. I uh, yeah no I just no you go on you talk and I and I oh will, well I will I will continue I will to uh, I will continue to talk. Uh, you know it's weird, and I'm not going to s- say a lot of spoilers. But I watched uh, the end episodes of two franchises uh, on television. Okay. This week. So Friends. And, uh, yeah, that's the final right. Episode of Friends. No, nope, no. Nope. But something I liked was uh, both decided to opt with uh, the happy ending and not oh. uh, go with, "Hey, you know all the characters you like? Uh, let's <laughs> kill them in the last episode for impact." <laughs> Which was a beef I had with the most recent Star Wars movies. Was like, hey, you like these characters? Oh, sure, I love them. those. Are three of my favorite characters? Okay, well, buckle up. <laughs> uh, we're gonna just keep off on them one per movie. I'm like, well, no. Why would we want to see that? And uh, yeah, just for some reason, it's it 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 felt like uh, comic books when I was uh, a kid, yeah. and you'd have like you know the big. Uh, the big annual events and they're like, oh, this is exciting. But then they'd kill off a character I liked because, you know, they wanted to have it a, a big, huh? How about that? <laughs> what we did. Well, one, you're going to bring them back. And two, no, we don't want to see the characters we like uh, get killed. Yeah. You know, you really got to earn that shit. You can't uh, do it like three, three movies in a row, man. Cause like we're, uh, you know, we're a little worn down from that. No, thank you. No dice. Well, I'm glad to hear that because I agree with you that, uh, I mean, I think. With Star Wars, the final one, I'm, you kind of have to give them a pass. It wasn't their fault that that uh, Carrie Fisher died, and they had to kind of make it make it make it work. Right. But uh, yeah, I mean, at the same time, how about you don't kill the other characters then? Because you had to kill one of your three main characters, so because uh, you had to because of life yeah. and things. Yeah. So like, okay, let's not kill then the other characters because we've had enough death, mm-hmm. and maybe it's weird. When you have to kill off a character because of real life circumstances, yeah, but then you kill off all, almost all your other characters 
just because of dramatic impact. <laughs> and it's like, well, that's a weird mix then. That's real. That's strange. That's a weird vibe to it, you know. So yeah, I'm uh, I'm again it. <laughs> you know, don't kill your characters unless you have to. I know they say kill your darlings. Don't. That's that's my uh, my opinion. <laughs> don't kill Batman. Don't kill Robin. What don't char- do it. What characters were killed in the third Star Wars in the, uh, Rise of Skywalker? You're not mad about Palpatine getting killed, are you? <laughs> no, but they kill. All right. So hey, have you seen the last three Star Wars movies? Uh, they killed. Uh, they killed uh, Luke. They killed uh, Leia. They killed Han. Well, I know, but that's too much. But I mean, they didn't know that when when uh, they did the Last Jedi, they didn't know that Carrie Fisher would would die. But Carrie Fisher passed away in the making of the second film. No, no, the third film. No, second film. She died during the making yeah. of the second film. Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, I don't think so. I think she's still alive. Okay, she died during the make the making of the Force. I believe. So, the, I believe so. Jedi. I believe they had to use yes. I believe. I believe they had to uh, use some like artificial. Uh, you know, CGI business. I don't think she was there for 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 all of it. I, yeah, I believe so. Okay, I don't remember. Sorry, I'd have to look it up. And it, it uh, I'm, I'm not gonna. Anyway, <laughs> let me just say, I, I I hold to this. Yes. Uh, keep your characters alive if you can, because we like them. That's all. I say that to you, Marvel, <laughs> as I'm going to see Guardians of the Galaxy, and I know you're gonna make me sad. You know, I know it. But uh, <laughs> all right. Uh, I don't want to place um, limits on what filmmakers can do. I mean... I'm just telling them what I like. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, you can uh, fake me out. You can make me think things have uh, gone badly. Yeah, well, but. I think... I mean, I feel like in like superhero movies and stuff like that, I don't know if they really earn... Yeah, I don't know if they really earned that kind it's of... It's really hard right now to like talk about this without like spoiling a bunch of movies. <laughs> But it seemed to be a recent trend yeah. of like, you know, you know, it's impactful. Yeah. It's not. Why did they kill Mario in that Super Mario movie? That was mm-hmm. weird. Well, he dies a lot in the video game, too. <laughs> like constantly. Yeah, I saw you playing it. Yeah. A lot, of, a lot of death. Yeah. Just joking. I didn't even know what you were doing. There's a lot of things happening. Very colorful. <laughs> it is very colorful. When I, uh, when I got out of the hospital, I, uh, I, I just wanted to play something uh, video gamey that was like goofy and and weird and uh, Mario Odyssey was a good one. I was talking to uh, my friend and neighbor Scott, who, who was just playing the remake of Resident Evil Six, uh, not Six Four, okay. Um, which is a, the the original is is one of the best video games of all time. But it's really creepy and really dark, and as good as it is, I just didn't need that right now. I needed. I'm a bouncing snowman, and I'm trying to win a race with like human snowballs. Sure, that's like that's fine by me. I'll go. I'll go in the village where the guy with the chainsaw is coming after me like a little bit later on, and then I'll uh, be okay, and I'll, I'll enjoy that. But for right now, uh, goofy, goofy soft games, please. That would be uh, fine by me. Um, Watch as much Ted Lasso as I can. Well, this season's been a bit mm-hmm. of a downer. It, this season's been, it's had its... Uh, did you watch the last episode? I did watch the last episode. You're talking about the Amsterdam episode? Yeah, I didn't think that was a downer at all. No, one. no, it kind of was a turnaround from what the, the last little while. I guess I feel like with Ted Lasso, I know you, you that's going to yeah, turn around. Yeah. Like it's a setup for something. It's going, sure. life is hard, but... Or life is hard and more, yeah, yeah. more like that. And keep going there. I also really liked his, um, you know, uh, speech 
to the mall uh, about the sign that was like torn. Like, yeah, yeah. The end of this like, that's, said, a good, yeah. that's a good speech. That's mm-hmm. tough to write that kind of speech. <laughs> Is it? Yeah. They must have got Aaron Sorkin in just for that part of the... I think Aaron Sorkin that. shows that that's a tough kind of speech to... Uh, oh, he can't do that stuff? I thought that was his like, forte. It is his the, thing. But it's so it's always rousing. so arrogant. I guess like the, the, the Ted Lasso thing, I think it comes from a much more humble mm. place. Yeah. And... Uh, and here's the difference. Oh my God. I'm now thinking like if Aaron Sorkin wrote Ted Lasso, what a horrible fucking show that would be. Uh, <laughs> it would just constantly by, be people saying he's a genius. Yeah. No, no. You, you, everyone underestimates him. And oh boy, he's great. And then lots of hallway walks, long hallway walks. Oh, oh, terrible. Yeah. Ted Lasso to me shows how you do an Aaron Sorkin show now. Yeah. Yeah. Good on, good on those writers. Good on those actors. Well done, everybody. And it was oh yeah the Amsterdam one was so beautiful like just just the shots of Amsterdam were so gorgeous yeah it made me want to go there <laughs> yeah I've never wanted to go to Amsterdam before and I'm like the end of yeah maybe yeah. you never wanted to go to Amsterdam before no not really hmm I, I I've often wanted to go there not necessarily not necessarily to Amsterdam but I would like to see the well I guess like the corny parts of Amsterdam like the windmills and things like that. That's interesting, but I also find like the, ho- the houses are very. I actually think Amsterdam. Think, think about it now. I think Amsterdam was E's favorite part of her Europe trip. Really? Yeah. Nice. And she went to London, but she'd been to London before, so I think that's not going to be as impressive as uh, as seeing like um, a place you've never seen before and being kind of blown away by just how interesting and different it is. I think there's a lot of love from the guy who plays Coach Beard. I forget his name, but Bre- both- Brendan Hunt. Yeah, Brendan Hunt. Him and uh, Jason Sudeikis both did uh, Boom Chicago in Amsterdam, the improv oh, I see. shows. Mm. And so does uh, Seth Meyers and uh, Amber Ruff, Ruff and a whole bunch yeah. of people. Yeah, that's right. um, and so I think there was a lot of love of the city. And it was, you know, they were there at a time in their lives where it means a lot. Mm. And, and I think it really did project that the city meant a lot and the love of the city really came through in that. Yeah. You know, the, it was, yeah, it was just, I um, really enjoyed it. Yeah, <laughs> well, I'm glad. I'm glad you're enjoying that. I, uh, we also enjoy it. It's uh, it's fun. I I know you're less. I don't know. What do you? Th- I know you do like to binge things, but do you hate it that Ted Lasso comes out once a week? Would you rather it was just all dumped on your, in your lap at one time? I'm okay with with that one coming out once mm-hmm. a week, just because the emotional impact of it. Yeah, works. It lets you uh, like to, absorb it. Yeah, I like to sit in the show a little while. I yeah. look for a little while after I watch it. I mean, I'm watching uh, Ms. Maisel as well, mm. and I, I think I watched like three in a row, and I don't know if there's any more of it's coming out once a week at this point. Mm. But it was like, yeah, that's fine because it's just this. You know, I don't have to go, hmm, let's process that. <laughs> it's just like, it is what it is, and you're yeah. just bopping your way through it. And sure. it's like, that's an interesting, crazy world. Okay. All right. I'm in. I'm out. Okay. Bye. Good. <laughs> huh. I have not seen all of that show. You don't have to. It's fine. I They're really... doing a thing, that, though, this season, which I like, which is they are actually spilling the beans on what happens to her later, because they start the shows now with uh scenes like in the future okay and so you get like a 60 minutes episode and they start talking about the character's history and it's oh, like, okay. oh all right they're just oh. like and, did, and this and this and this and this and this I'm like okay all right interesting huh and is she kind of like a is she sort of an analog of joan rivers or yeah or kind of her i'd say that would be the closest which is interesting because so is hacks so it's like there's two joan rivers <laughs> type characters that are out there yeah. there's not a lot of draw on of that time period. I mean, there's Phyllis Diller. And then there's that other lady. Who's, I can never remember her name. Like, Jean something. 
who was kind of like I think she was even before Joan Rivers and and more than Phyllis likely, Diller, yeah, yeah, who did like stand you know like a stand up. I know act. you don't mean Moms Mabley, so no, no, she this was a this was a not someone who came out of the. Out I, of I know black, what you're talking black, about. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Kind of like a, she's kind of like the housewife character or whatever, kind of, you know, but. Yeah, this is why it's a shame you banned Cliff Nestor off from the show. On my dead body, I swear. That man will never, he that's, knows what he did. That's right. Uh, just, I'm scared of Cliff's. Yeah. He took my title, The Comedians. I was going to do a book about comedians one day, and I was going to call it The Comedians, and he came out with a book called The Comedians. <laughs> I can never do that now. Yeah. Did you start your book? No. But writing the book's hard. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I think I, I've come to the discovery that I'm a I'm a movie guy, not a TV guy. Okay. Like I'd rather watch like a movie than watch a TV show. Would you rather watch a movie on TV or rather watch a movie in a theater? I'd rather watch a movie in the theater, but I'll watch a movie on TV if you know. I got I prefer that. I like I like the easy you know hour and a half or whatever. Just tell your story and let's get out of here. Yeah. Let's not stretch it out. Let's not because a lot of shows feel like it is a movie that they've stretched out over six episodes. And all the action sequences are now attenuated across six hours rather than all incurring in, in an hour and a half or two hours, you know? Realistically, it's interesting. I was, uh, I'm, I'm being you now and I'm saying it's interesting. Um, I was, <laughs> Copycat. I was uh, listening to a podcast called Good One. And it had, um, I think her name is Rachel Bloom, who did uh, Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. It has all bunch of other people. Mm. And they're talking about the changing state of comedy. And uh, what's it's what's it take to get a TV show on now and streaming and blah blah blah, and and something that I've always known but I didn't sort of realize until they were talking about it was everyone's working on multiple TV shows at the same time. You've never got like your one dream project that you're putting your everything into. And I mm. oh I hope this one makes it. It's <laughs> like you've got a couple that you're all you're working on and hoping, and they go through their different stages, and then finally one might make it to air. And then it's rush, 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 rush to yeah. get that one to air. Yeah. But you haven't been putting all your focus on that one. Mm. So, you know, I think sometimes what happens with is then you end up with like a first season that's just, just, just establish who the characters are. And so it's like this information dump, but it doesn't have the depth and it doesn't have the flow. It doesn't have that. But it feels like sometimes with like movies, you've been working on this movie for a long, long time. Yeah. So there's depth and there's a, there's details and this pays off that and this sets up this and and instead it's just more duh, 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 with TV yeah. or at least at least the first season. Once you get into the second season, you've established the characters and now you can have fun and loosen up and almost get to the same state where a movie can get to. Mm. Yeah, I guess. I often say like start with the second season on most things. Yeah, and people are like no no I'll start with the first and that's like oh how'd you like it? Nah I didn't care for it so I stopped. <laughs> yeah but of course you did. <laughs> Because no one likes establishment of character because it feels awkward and it's just, ah. Yeah. Boo. <laughs> just jump into the pool. Jump into the pool and just, go, just jump into the second season and well, I won't understand things. Figure it out. You'll figure it out. Yeah. Who's that guy? Who I don't get who he is. Well, listen to him. You don't know how people are when you meet them either. <laughs> That's true. And in a, and a, and a good movie, let's say we're talking about good movies and good TV shows, not bad versions of both of these. You know, a good movie... It doesn't need, it doesn't, it kind of, well, how am I trying to say? It doesn't need to, well, it needs to, but it doesn't spend much time developing the characters. It gets to those kind of points very quickly yeah. and moves on from there, you know, like, 
And you want to, you know, and a good movie does character development through action. I don't mean action scenes, but just through behavior or the things that characters do indicates who they are. You know, there's, yeah. not, there's a lot of people standing around going, you know, he's this, the greatest guy in the world. He's the most talented photographer That's I've ever Woody seen. Allen <laughs> That's, That's Woody Allen movie. That's unfortunately a Woody Allen movie. Yeah. yeah, for the most part, it's just like, you know, what's, what's with him? Well, he's the most talented professor on campus, but he's a bit of a character. And I bubba da bubba da bubba. All right, fuck. <laughs> Enough. Or, you know, you'll just get with like a Wes Anderson movie. You know, he started da 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 and was known for bubba 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 bubba. And I'm just telling you who the character is completely right now. Yeah. The end. Okay. And now we're on to the next character. So we're not going to establish it through action. We're mm. going to establish it through the narrator's just going to tell you. Yeah. yeah. And now here we go. Yeah. You know, it can work in Wes Anderson, but I think if everyone did that, it would oh, get very tired. I mean, I'll be sick of it very quickly. It oh was uh, it was uh, smart of him to have developed that gimmick, mm. which just gets it out of the way. Yeah, and now yeah. you know who they are, and here we go. Yeah. And I mean, you could do that. I mean, it basically makes it a book. Sure. Which is, you know. And it's funny, yeah. It's not until Royal Tenenbaums that he started that, because Rushmore doesn't use that as a device, and neither does Bottle Rocket. Bottle Rocket's very... Doesn't it? Because they have all those montages in Rushmore of all the plays that the kid does. So I, that must be that kind of narration. I right? guess. I guess someone must be so, someone must be talking us through maybe, that. Maybe you're right. Yeah, they must be talking about the fact that he was in all those clubs and things like that. But it feels like Bottle Rocket. I guess Bottle Rocket is more of a traditional film than you know. It's Anderson hadn't quite. For one thing, he didn't have like full control over it. So there's probably some encouragement to to not. But it seems you know kind of drops you right into the middle of these characters. <laughs> You know, the one character getting out of a mental institution and then the other character yeah. already like full bore into like becoming criminals and has the whole thing mapped out. And yeah, that's a brilliant plan. <laughs> it's, almost a, it's almost a 70s movie in a way, yeah. uh, Bottle Rocket compared to... I still haven't seen that. That's the You've one, never seen Bottle Rocket? That's the oh, one okay. I haven't seen. I really like that film. It's a, it's a, it's a good-hearted movie. Nice. Yeah. I mean, there's mean characters in it, but... You know, it's, it's good-hearted in its overall. Speaking about mean-hearted things. Uh, <laughs> uh What about me? Are you going to see the new uh, Evil Dead? Oh, Evil Dead. <sighs> I don't know. I don't know. Evil Dead in a building. It's Evil Dead in a building, but it's like Evil Dead, like a, the mother or something like that? Like, yeah. It's even like... Yeah, it's, it's, it's almost all women that are, uh, that are in it. Yeah. I mean... Same deal. Open a book. That's fine. All hell breaks loose. That's Lots fine. of blood. Is it pretty... The reviews are all real solid. Is it produced by Sam Raimi? Is that? Oh yeah, they're all yeah. Yeah, they're involved in it. Yeah, and uh, and Bruce Campbell. Well, I mean, the last Evil Dead was actually pretty good. Like the the that one was the in, remake. The, in the woods still, right? The, yeah, it was kind of basically kind of it was kind of a remake, but it it did sort of amp up the the core, but it was still fun. Uh yeah, I I don't well because I know you like a horror movie. I do enjoy. I know horror you movies. like an Evil Dead. I do enjoy. And Evil Dead. guess what's out now. And I was just curious to see if, he, like, I, I I know that it's going to be very disturbing. So I'm yeah. going to pass on this <laughs> You're one. Probably. Just read the wiki. Yeah, pod- a little bit. Yeah. Or you should listen to that podcast. Yeah, like, uh, hey, chicken, or what was it called? <laughs> That's right. Hey, t- cowards. Hey, uh, hey, you stinking cowards. What's <laughs> it called? It's called something like that, right? Yeah, it's called Big, ba- s- called, called Big Babies. No, it's not called that. It's... um. I can't remember what it's called. Sorry. Too scary. Didn't watch. Too. Yeah, I could look it up on my here. Okay. Let me just, I have it. I do have it in my um my podcast app as a thing. Yeah, I want to be hep to what's going yeah, on. Yeah, too scary. Didn't watch is what it's called. Okay, good. Yeah, and uh, have they done? It's less. Oh, it's. Well, go ahead. I got to watch this movie now. They they just did uh, Gonjiam Haunted Asylum, which 
Nina really wants me to watch. And I says, don't, I should not watch it. (laughs) You should not watch it. That's right. Good. Thank you. But I I, I will watch it. I will, I will tell you there was, and I'm not going to say what it was, but, uh, I was reading a review of uh, the evil dead movie in the AV club. And they said, uh, you know, it's really, really good. Unless you don't like this kind of thing. And then he mentioned the kind of thing. And I went like, I do not like that kind of thing. Thank you for telling me that. That was a good deal breaker for me. But not for most people. Most people who go to this kind of thing yeah. would be like fully on board with that kind of thing. Sure. So, yeah. Yeah, I don't um, I don't get so engrossed in it that I forget that it's a movie. Like I'm often just kind of watching and thinking, oh, I wonder how they did that. Or that's kind of gross, but... That's a cool effect or whatever, you know. I feel like I feel like with you when you watch something, or at least the way you've described it, you watch it, you saw it, okay, moving on. And for me, it's watch it, saw it, the dominoes just got kicked over, <laughs> and the dominoes are going to be falling for years and years and years and years. And I'll be adding my own stuff to it, and there'll be a lot of other stuff. And yeah, yeah it doesn't go away in my head. Huh. So, you know, I can't, I can't. It's like a meal that you I can't get the taste out of my mouth for like a year. Yeah. So and you can you're just like mm, oh, that was good. Okay, next thing. Now that that tastes out of my mouth, like, well I can't. Yeah. No, it's just uh, yeah. Whereas I used to, I used to watch like a lot of you know your standards. You know. Yeah, I remember going to see. Um, and you wanted to see it. You 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 we went to, and saw Nightmare on Elm Street, uh, Dream Warrior. Warriors. Sure, I, I saw most of the Friday yeah. the Thirteenth and that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wouldn't like watch haunted house movies. Those ones, uh, I I got freaked out by. I don't <laughs> don't care for those. But I watch. You know, we watch like a lot of like old classic classic revenge horror slashy slashy you know type of things. Yeah. It's like yeah. Oh, you did that to my daughter, would you? All right. Well, I'll show you, fella. You know, kind of movies. <laughs> but I think I think the difference between those films and modern movies is those movies have it's have like a, a twinkle in their eye you know mm. like like there's a bit of fun to them right you know like there's a sense of of joy in all the mayhem you know and they're not they're not like you know it can get gross or or whatever but it's not it never feels like it's mean or like it's just like it's like a punishing grueling experience mm-hmm. it's just kind of like it's sort of fun you know in a, in a gross way or whatever but it's this meant is like you know, isn't this silly? Like not. And if so, yeah, then the yeah. movies come across as a relief at the end. Yeah, they're fun. They're a ride. Yeah, that's right. It's not like a challenge to watch it where you're like, oh, I can you get through Hostel or whatever? You know, and you're just like, well, what do I want to get through a Serbian movie? Like, why do I want to watch that? That doesn't sound like fun to me. I think the reason that people would want to watch that is because they would, for the same reason, they kind of almost like Scream, which was, all right, we know you know. You've been to enough of these slasher movies that yeah. you know the rules, you know the gig, mm. the gags. So, you know, you're kind of just go, you're going along for the ride, but no surprises. Yeah. You're on a roller coaster. You know how a roller coaster works. That's eh, fine. Yeah. And this one goes, we know you know. So because we know you know, uh, we're going to now comment on that. And that's kind of fun. And it rewards you for that. And it's like, all right, we're not going to put the, 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 the big ah here. We're going to put it <laughs> ah over there because yeah. we know. And then with hostels, like, we know you're numb to this. <laughs> so we've got this incredible hot sauce, and we're going to put this on this. Yeah. So you're going to feel something, you know, whether it's revulsion or what have you. You're all going to be screaming in that theater together mm. if if with joy or anger or something. <laughs> but uh, we dare you to not react to this. Here we yeah. go. You know, and so, you know, there's that. They yeah. just know you know the other thing that's mm. the standard, mm-hmm. it feels like. 
Yeah. Yeah. No, I I can never quite completely forget that it's just a movie, so it doesn't really... Can you when it's a comedy? A com- or a rom-com or something? Do you get so no, into no. it then? Yeah, I know it's a movie. I would never like go, oh, it's just like real life. <laughs> it's a movie. It's a movie. It can be, And it can be well done or really terribly done. I saw, what did I see? Leap Year a couple weeks ago, maybe a month ago, with Amy Adams and someone else. Okay. Whose name right. I would remember. Sure. Can I picture him in my... Anyway. I'm looking it up. Ooh, do, do, oh, you're going to... I'm uh, not going to tell it to you, until okay. you unless you ask me. Okay. Let me just see if I can remember who... Uh, it has Adam Adam uh, Scott in it as as her. Is this one of those doctor uh, boyfriend? A whole bunch of different movies, like uh, like we're following a bunch of couples, or it's just this just one just one couple. Yeah, it's just okay. Amy Adams. She's trying to. She decides she's going to fly to Ireland, where there is a tradition. I don't know if this is real or not, but there's a tradition that on on, on a leap day of a leap year, yeah. like of the extra day of the leap year, yeah. the woman can propose to a man. Sadie Hawkins Day. Yeah, it's the same deal. Is that right? Yeah, Sadie Hawkins yeah. Day is a leap. Yeah, that's no, it's thing. yearly though, isn't it? No. Sadie Hawkins Day is yearly. I don't think so. I think Sadie Hawkins Day is uh, is every four years. But I don't know about that. All right, I'm gonna look that up. Sure, as well. you look that up as well. Um, but anyway, so she goes. Uh, she she goes to um, Ireland, and then you know all these bad things happen to her, and that keep getting in the way of her uh, mission. You know, getting in the way of proposing to her doctor boyfriend who. Is kind of, you know, does it, that sort of movie thing where like some people think it is, some people think it isn't. Okay, but the original date for it is November thirteenth. Mm. I think if you read the comic strip, it's a yearly event in the okay. comic strip. Yeah, November thirteenth. Yeah, that's why I say. But a that. lot of people think that it's uh, it's on uh, leap leap day. Okay. Okay. Maybe confusion with this Irish tradition. <laughs> yes, perhaps. <laughs> All right. And so, but the movie is basically like. Two unpleasant people uh, having unpleasant things happen to them. Rom com, but I don't. Well, I, maybe. I mean, that's like a. That's me. That's like a bad rom rom com. Like that's those are the ones that I don't don't enjoy. Okay. You know, that's just like a a painful experience. I don't feel anything at the end. Like where it's like they finally got together. or Whatever you know. Like, gee, I just I just rewatched Metropolitan for the four hundredth time. Last week. It's funny. I was thinking uh, earlier, I was going to bring that up when you were talking about movies. Okay. And uh, yeah, I was like, he hasn't mentioned Metropolitan this episode. We should. <laughs> there it is. Okay. You're, you're welcome. It was on the Criterion channel. And so even though I have it on Blu-ray and on DVD and on Laserdisc. <laughs> and I memorized it. And I memorized it. Well, yeah, I memorized it because I read the script a million times because I have the mm-hmm. book of the two scripts for Metropolitan and Barcelona. Um, but... And they put them out in a in a book. It's so weird. But anyway, I was watching it, and and the characters are kind of like the main character is kind of unpleasant. Like Tom yeah. Tom Townsend is like a uh, a person who doesn't know himself. You know, like it's not his fault. He's just a young young guy who you know hasn't really lived life yet. He's just come. He's just left school. You know, and started. He's in that in between leaving prep school and then starting at college period. And you know, he's. Uh, and it's interesting, the whole film is about him discovering that his opinions or his beliefs are all wrong, or how, how he sees himself, how he sees his life, they're all wrong. And yeah. it's interesting. But he's not, he does, he does unpleasant things, but he's not, he's not mean, he's not a mean person. He's just, he's just, you know, not 
thinking about other people. He's thinking yeah. about himself. He's, you know, but not in like a narcissistic way or whatever. Just in a dumb guy way, you know, like, you know, he's got a crush on a girl. And when she shows interest in him, he shows interest in her, you know, and forgets about the other girl he was with. You know, sure. things like that, that that can happen in life. It doesn't make doesn't make a person an evil being, but just you know thoughtless. Oh, I don't or, think I don't think people in uh, rom coms. I'm, and I'm talking like no, your, I not your hallmarky rom coms. Okay, it's like to me. I've the, never seen a hallmark one. Oh, okay. Well, uh, oh no, go, sorry, wrong. I've seen one. Let's go outside because they shoot them all here. <laughs> and guess them, what? They shoot them all where I live. It's Christmas. They shoot so, them all in, in yeah. The just look, Valley. look for the snow, uh, you know, in the summertime, and you'll uh, you'll run into them. Um, but most of them have the the concept, at least I've found, the concept of a woman who is unsatisfied with mm-hmm. what seems to be her perfect life yeah. to the rest of the world. Yeah. So, you know, is she a good person? Are we, you know, I mean, all right. And then, so that, that's, that's a problem. And then the guy yeah. is, a, is, is an arrogant so-and-so, at least at first. Yeah. The first thing is like uh, something, yeah. something is an off-putting incident between the sure, two sure. of them. Uh, and so, like, he's a jerk. Yeah. And uh, but then there's a little bit of oh, maybe 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 and then there's some misunderstanding and then that yeah. drives them apart but mm-hmm. they realize you know it's okay and the they'll third all come act, back together the third and act, you know yeah. they'll never last this is a divorce waiting to happen you know it's a bad it's a bad scene and they should in no way get together the only thing that's good about them <laughs> is you've taken two toxic pieces off the chessboard and uh, you know they're not going to harm any other people for at least you know two years until they get their divorce you know and so on and so forth. Um, I guess. I don't well, know. Well, it's also easy to do, uh, it's easy to have jerks because jerks will move the plot along. Well, I just think it's a misreading of Pride and Prejudice where you have the two characters meet and not like each other mm-hmm. and then, then come around to each other. But what, what, uh, everything that is, you know, attempts to base itself on that model is what they miss is. You know the humor of Jane Austen, and then her her very acute sense of humanity, sure, sure. Like how people are. But isn't the the bigger problem with that? You know, what are their real problems besides the problems that they're kind of presenting themselves in their own heads? You know, aside from getting out of their way, that's their real problem. Like, do they actually have any problem problems? Does like one of them, ha- you know, have to <laughs> have to fight a wolf? That's not it. That's not a problem. <laughs> but like anything that you would consider, oh. Oh, that's rough. This yeah. person's having a rough life, you know, and I hope things work out for them. Or you just like, they seem to be going to parties all the time. Like everything is just like a nice big fat meal and a real comfy house in front of a fireplace. Yeah. And there's the servants and they're doing all the hmm. stuff and they get to walk around the garden. And it's just like, that's what do you got? You got nothing to complain about. That's the same, the same, uh, criticism people have made of Metropolitan as well, which is, well, these are all like rich kids. Right. So they can't have any problems. Well, it's but a fantasy. Your problems are your problems, though. It's not even a fantasy. I mean, it's, it's a life that Whit Stillman lived, so he's just describing things but, that he did when I mean, he was. Rich you know. people don't seem to actually have that life. Like these are these are you know I mean rich people seem generally miserable if, when you when you talk to them for any period of time, even though they live in the beautiful house and they have the thing. And I think like you know what I'd probably enjoy it more if I have I had this. Um, but yeah, that's the that's the that's the one flaw in that. Like if you're doing a modern version of this, is like 
do you have to have them looking after their sick mom just to give them something that, that will go like, ah, yes, okay, well, I can relate to this person. Or at least not even well, relate. I've never looked after my sick mom, so what is that? Well, not, 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 even, not even relate to. <laughs> but like you, it's some semblance of sympathy or some semblance of they're a good person. Mm. Why do I give a shit otherwise about this person and yeah. them finding love? So now they'll have everything plus everything you know like the only thing i can see that works for that is it's 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 fantasy fulfillment it's it's the it's harvey comics yeah it's like well what's the thing with richie rich why he's got no problems i know kids want to be a rich kid Mm. so they want to read about a rich kid who has a lot of fun yeah oh but then there's a lot of problems no 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 they don't want a big bunch of problems and when you make your richie rich movie and you have like you know uh, him having like struggles internally no that's not richie rich richie rich is i'm rich fucking love it it's great i'd love to give stuff to my friends they'll say no maybe i don't maybe but you know things are just great it's fantasy fulfillment yeah little lotta what's her deal she eats whatever she wants oh that sounds pretty good and uh, are there any consequences to that no makes her real strong and then people insult her. Oh, that hurts her feelings? No, she beats the shit out of them and then eats more stuff and then has more fun and her friends all love her. Yeah. Oh, okay, great. I mean, I don't know if that's a, a great argument to argue against fantasy fulfillment because most films no, are I'm fantasy fulfillment. No, I'm not against it. I'm just saying what it is yeah. and that and that's that's a limitation I think on it when you're when you're making a movie like nowadays. It's it's hard to like have a movie where someone everything's working out for them mm. and you hope they get more you know because otherwise well, they're just going to have mean, to go back to their mansion and their maids and sit in front of the fireplace yeah and you know be rich and and happy know, otherwise but you can be you can be in your mansion with your maids and still be lonely like there's still suffering there you know usually uh, the reason for the loneliness seems to be their fussiness <laughs> Because there's usually a string of suitors that they're just like, oh, I don't care for any of them. Yeah. Any of these, you know, and of course there's a couple of real dingleberries, but then there's, you know, a couple of you're like, I don't know, give this person a shot. Who the heck knows? Well, if we're talking about Pride and Prejudice, I mean, we're talking about a time. how could we not? We're talking about a time period when women had no agency. So Mm -hmm. you were, you know, someone like Elizabeth in the story by making choices for herself is acting against you know, the social mores of the time and, and and even acting against her own best interests, which, you know, is basically you need to get married within this this particular time period or you will be an old maid and a spinster by the time you're 24 because you'll be unmarriageable by the time that you get to that age. Right. You know, so there's like a panic about that. And of course, also, there's the backstory of the fact that the family does not because it's all girls in the family, they they will not inherit the property. It's entailed to the next male heir, who is the horrible Mister Collins, the the very unctuous uh, uh, vicar, of, you know, who comes comes there to to uh, pledge his troth to one of one of the girls. And I think there's lots of different layers to the to Pride and Prejudice that um, you know, it's not just you know. These two people don't like each other. Oh, now they love each other. You know, it's it more about it's more about like like um, you know social stature and how um, you know the re- the restrictions on on what women could do the the necess- the ne- the need the necessity the absolute necessity to get married. You know, yeah. These are all things that were interesting to Jane Austen as someone who missed her chance to get married when she was younger because it, the marriage was not economically viable. You know, 
she was very interested in that as a subject matter for in her stories. And I think that uh, you know things like how um, really terrible her parents are, and I don't mean as as you know like they're monsters, but they're just very careless parents, you know, that have not prepared, have not done done their due diligence preparing a way for the girls to survive if they if they're once they're gone like mm-hmm. once the father's gone there's no savings there's no there's no plan in place you know it's just hope for the best you know let's get these girls married as quickly as possible to whoever shows up and and you know whoever shows up is good enough mm-hmm. because let's just get this you know and you know the 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 uh sisters are um you know careless enough to have like their own idea of like well there should be some sort of like affection between people who get married, you know. Oh, don't worry about that. Just you, you need to, right. you need to be like I have a. You need to have a, a place to land once this falls Wasn't apart. Was it the first kind of modern romance? Like, I would approach? definitely. I think. I mean, I'm sure there are other ones that were before it that we don't really, unless you're like a a real inglit, you know, critlit sort of person who's reading uh, the earlier because Jane Austen what loved. There was other women authors who she... And I can't remember their names, I'm sorry to say, but there were other women who were writing before her that were writing, like, gothic romances, and which she parodies in um, North Northanger or North Anger Abbey. Um, you know, so she was, she was, like, building on a tradition. But what those stories lack is... Really lack is her, her social observations mm-hmm. and the humor of, of Pride and Prejudice. Because it's not just telling you a story. It's telling you a story... But also making really cogent, uh, biting, stinging remarks about the the culture of that time period. Right. Many of which probably don't mean as much to us now because we don't live in that kind of world. Right. You can just enjoy it as a romance, or you can enjoy sure. it as a sure a satirical take on things. And women women aren't chattel anymore, as they were at that time. You know, when you married, you were you were the possession. You were the you belonged to this man, and everything you owned belonged to him. Mm-hmm. You know. Which is a big, which you know is a big deal. Uh, something that lots of different authors, including Trollope, Oliver Trollope, mm-hmm. dealt with in his stories. Yeah, we're and... covering all the bases. <laughs> all my favorites. I know it's a shorter episode, but we're getting we're getting it all done, right? You're like, is there going to be some chick talk in this? There could be. There could be. Yeah. Yeah. So, no, I think. Um, I mean, everything you're saying, I, I felt about Jane Austen until I read Jane Austen. Uh, when I was in college, I read Sense and Sensibility first, and it's great. It's great. And then you know, I read that, and I was just like, okay, I just got to read everything now because mm-hmm. that was great, you know. But uh, which is not how I feel about reading Wuthering Heights or reading Jane Eyre, which I did read Jane Eyre, Louise, finally, when I went to Belgium. It was my plain, plain uh, book. But I found it very strange. It's a very strange book. So you book. were on an airplane. <laughs> huh? There you go. Very good. All right. Very nice. You can use that. As a dad, you can use that. <laughs> it's legal. Yes. Yeah, I'm call up your daughters and tell, her, tell, tell them I'm that. I'm going to do it right now, actually. Um, but yeah, like for whatever reason, Jane Austen really spoke to me. And I think because unlike um, unlike Jane Eyre or Wuthering Heights, which in no way are, I don't, in my opinion, have no like real like social commentary or, you know, sense of like what actual real life was like in that time. They're just mm-hmm. like absolute make em ups from beginning to end. And it's fine, but it's just weird to me. It's weird to me, spoilers, that Jane Eyre ends with the the man uh, 
a, a blind and emasculated at the end of the story. So then she can love him, <laughs> which is so weird. It's very strange. Right. That wasn't our wedding vows. <laughs> and one day you will be blind and emasculated. <laughs> and you still love him. <laughs> and, I will, and I will then then truly love you. Only then can I truly love you. When Please don't ask who's in the attic. <laughs> mind your own business. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a story where no one, even Jane Eyre, is a bit of a is a bit of an a hole in that in that book. Sure, like she's not really like a nice person. She's a real bitch. N- nice people don't often make for good books. No, it's true. It's true. They don't move the plot along. Like he's a jerk and a liar, and she's a she's she's a bit of a I don't know I don't know just a bit of a biatch, mm. which is fine. You know, I'm I'm a, again. You know that I'm a big fan of comic books, um, <laughs> and you know, yeah. over over time, characters become kind of public characters, and so you get a Spider-Man or a Superman or a Wonder Woman, mm-hmm. and they're uh, kind of near perfect characters. Yeah, but you read any of their original comics when they came out, all assholes. <laughs> they're jerks, yeah. like all of them. Batman, jerk, mm-hmm. real jerk. Yeah, you know, uh, and Spider-Man's a complete just knob for at least the first 50 issues of his book really oh yeah why do you say that oh well it starts off with uh him being he's just a little incel guy who's like <laughs> real mad at everybody he's like oh, i'll show them i'll show them all and you know he gets powers and it's like oh screw all of you guys i'm yeah, gonna make yeah. a lot of money and uh, yeah, yeah and then lets a burglar go by and uh <laughs> you know and it's only when, like, you know, uh, he finds out that he, the, the the burglar killed his uncle. He's like, oh, nuts. But then, like, the first issue of, like, Spider-Man, like, Amazing Spider-Man, because that was in uh, Amazing F- Fantasy. Yeah. Uh, he's like, I'm going to go to the Fantastic Four and I'm going to get a job with them. You know? <laughs> and, and he breaks in. It's like, yeah. hey, guys, you should hire me. I'm better than all of you. And tries beating them all up. And then they catch him, like, eh, he's real mad. And they're like, we're not hiring people. What are you doing here? Don't break in here. Get out of here. Like, oh, shut up, all you guys. You jerks. I'll show you all. And it's like, yeah, they're just, uh, he's, a, he's, a, he's a goof. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's mad, he's mad he, all the time. He's a teenage boy. He's constantly looking for a chance to, like, yeah. beat up Flash Thompson, even though, like, you know, he could, like, throw him over the school. Yeah. He's, he's not a, he's, he's, Really jerking around the girls as well. Like he's dating multiple girls and, you know, he's just mean. He's a mean kind of jerky guy who yeah. happens to, you know, save people every so often. <laughs> and Superman's just a guy who likes busting into places and like slapping guys around. Yeah. And, you know, he's the toughest guy and he knows he's the toughest guy mm. and he's just mean. And occasionally, like, he'll pick up a guy and he'll throw him into the woods. Like he'll just toss him into the woods. Like, well, he's dead. You know, okay. I mean, admittedly, that was a bad guy, but <laughs> was geez, he that bad? Yeah, maybe. Maybe we put him on trial for war crimes and not just throw him to death in the woods. Okay, Batman's pushing people into acid. <laughs> well, I guess they were all established at a time like a different time than ours. So Spider-Man yeah. wasn't that long ago. I know, but it's still a different time than ours. You know, like if we if we went back in time, Wolverine's a jerk. Wolverine's always like, I'll fucking sure. kill you motherfucker i'll just fucking stab your eyes out you like all right wait that's the biggest hero now yeah he was the most popular hero for a long time that guy stabby magoo yeah yeah okay all right whatever you say well i mean that's all he has going for him isn't it what being stabby magoo yeah his his, his fans well are, he doesn't have to then say i'm gonna knives i'm gonna like threaten to kill cyclops 
you know, every every issue. Or <laughs> you pissed me off a bit. You're lucky I didn't stab you through the neck. <laughs> yeah. He's a jerk. Yeah. I thought that was his character. Spawn's a jerk. That's a more modern hero. Yeah. 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 Well, they're anti-heroes, though. So. Spawn? Yeah, I guess Spawn's an anti-hero. But I think Wolverine's a hero-hero. He's part of a superhero. I think he's more, of a, like, he's more like an anti-hero. Like, he's on the X-Men. Like more like a cool... The X-Men is a superhero team, yeah. not an anti-superhero yeah. plus a couple of anti-heroes on the side. Sure, sure. But Dirty Harry was a hero, right? Like the Clint Eastwood character. Or even the man with no name is the hero of those movies. And, it, and there's lots of examples in those films where he's just a complete a- asshole. Mm-hmm. You know, so... I don't know. I just think it's different... But you can't really say different time because, like, almost any time you introduce a new hero now, they're a jerk too, mm. right? John Wick. John Wick's a jerk, sure. Really? Like he said, yeah, I'd say so. Why? It just goes on a crazy murder freaking spree <laughs> that like endangers everyone around him, <laughs> right? Like, even if you think like whatever yeah. his and and honestly, yeah, I I know like they shot his dog. Yeah, okay, yeah. fair enough. That's a, and I, I mean, that's, and. More and wrecked his car. As I said, yeah, that's right. But let's just say it's the dog, because <laughs> it's not justified to wreck his car. We're going to murder a town. <laughs> In neither case, but yeah, it's you just know, a, without saying too much about yeah, what yeah. happens in later movies. There are like the every city he's in becomes mm. a bloodbath, <laughs> and like he is risking the lives of everyone around him. Like yeah. just regular people are like walking through the subway, and there's gunfire everywhere. Yeah, I mean it is just pure dumb luck. That innocent people are not being killed. If not being killed, they probably are. Uh, yeah. So, you know, and he doesn't care about that because mm. he just cares about whatever his mission in his head is, whether it's, you know, avenging his car and dog or <laughs> I don't know, whatever that, I, to be honest, I, I don't know what he's been doing for the last bunch of movies, but you all got a seat at the table. You have the coin. We need your finger. Okay. Well, you, you took two steps on the step, but then you didn't take two steps back, which means now we take the coin back and now you don't have a family. What? Oh, you sang a song. So now you have a family. That's good. Oh, well, we're going to have to cut off your family's hands. And like, <laughs> oh, for fuck's sake, I don't know. How many assassins do we need? All of them. Whatever. I don't know what's going on. But yeah, he's definitely a jerk. He has no caring about the outside world or outside people or the effect that, uh, you know, his actions have on others. He might care about a person directly in front of him that has a similar job to him and a similar sense of honor. It's like a samurai cares about another samurai. But he doesn't care about... The 6,000 arrows he fired <laughs> that might land on someone in the town that isn't the enemy that he was going yeah. for. Um, I'll disagree with you a little bit. I mean, not okay. entirely, but I do think that he, ha- he has a moral code. It may, you know, it's obviously he's a moral code of a killer, but he has a moral code. He does care when he's forced in the second film. I hope people have seen the second film. When he's forced in the second film to murder that guy's sister, the one who holds the, the whatever it is, mm-hmm. the thing that makes you have to do a favor back for this person um he doesn't want to do that he feels guilty about having to murder this okay. person good you know but he's he but he's he's it's a professional murder he's he bound by he's bound by the he's ethics, bound by what the ethics of this weird world yeah. that he's in yeah, you know right. yeah sure rules the rules yeah yeah i mean this is a guy who people uh, call baba yaga he is uh the 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 most feared mm. so mm. he's done some shit mm-hmm. and he's mm. a professional killer he's, not Let's nice go, person. like, what's your yeah. occupation? Yeah. Professional killer. But I'm retired. <laughs> That's all well and good. 
<laughs> I'm living off my blood money. Yeah. Not to be too blatant, but yeah. What, what happened? Oh, I retired from donkey fucking. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's great, but it doesn't unfuck the donkey. Mm-hmm. You know, you've done you've done all the things that you've done. I don't you think they're. I mean, as much as I would enjoy, like, as much as I would enjoy, like, a, a Superman movie or a Shazam movie, those would be the two that I think would be most suitable. As much as I would enjoy, like, a happy, like, like fun movie out of those characters, I don't feel like there's much taste for a movie. I, like, well, I think in the public, there people would enjoy that, but I think in Hollywood, I don't think they want that sort of thing. I think that to them, like, a John Wick is like as good as you you'll get. Okay, I don't. Do you think you know the idea behind Ted Lasso was a good one? I know this is television I'm talking about right mm-hmm. now, mm-hmm. but like. You know what's what? What's it about? It's about like a soccer. Yeah, but it's not movie. an action movie. Well, it's a sports movie. Yeah, but it's like it's a sports movie with a guy who's just a cockeyed optimist, mm-hmm. and it's like, well, any sports movie is usually going to be like Gene Hackman's. You know, the guy who's burnt out. Yeah, and he's got to learn. You know, sure, sure. And this, that, and the other. Like, does 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 uh, Ted Lasso sound like a good idea for a TV show? No, it doesn't. Who's going to watch, you know, yeah. first of all, America, do they like soccer? Not much. <laughs> and and what's his deal? He's real nice, like nicer than most people. Okay. And there's a lot of conflict with, with people. Yeah, but he becomes friends with them almost instantly. And by the end of the first season, he's friends with generally everybody, mm-hmm. except one person gets a little mad at him. But you know what? Not for long. And it seems like they're okay. And that's going to work out okay. So what's the conflict? Not much. Just internal dealing with stuff. You know, regular life things and just trying to become a better person. And then it's surrounded by soccer. A lot of soccer? Enough. We're going to have some soccer scenes. Oh, well, no one likes that. That's a terrible idea. And yet, (laughs) it's exactly what people like and it's a big hit. Well, that's what I said. I did say I think the public has a taste for, for like, a hero that's, like, fun. and. But I think that, you know, in Hollywood itself, I don't think there's much much... a sense and that they that's what they want way they want to go they want darker don't you think that characters uh, captain america did pretty well like the first movie or do you mean like as three. a ca- character that three movies and then into endgame like there's a character who you know generally was was a, a very likable character who was like just a good character mm-hmm. straight straight at yeah. laced didn't like swearing sure yeah that was good yeah. So so what's the so isn't that? But I think there's still like I think I think there's still like a dark edge to those films. That, oh sure, sure there is. You know. Yeah, but the main character is yeah definitely a positive character. Okay. But how I about Spider Man? How about like the Tom Holland Spider Man? There's a real kind of innocent, good natured fella who's mm-hmm. trying his best, constantly joking around. Things hurt his feelings when they hurt his feelings, <laughs> but he's he's sure. just trying to be as good as he can be, and his friends are good too, and they're trying their best. Yeah. No one's like an asshole there. Yeah, that's fine. Okay, that's fine. But I, I still think it's like not the same as, say, Christopher Christopher Reeve's Superman, for instance. Well, he's a dick. <laughs> he's a dick. He's a dick. Yeah, yeah. Christopher Reeve's Superman is is kind of a dick. Mm. There's a there's a cynical meanness to uh, you know he smiles and you know whatnot, but you know he he especially in the second film he goes back and beats up the guy in the diner. Yeah, that's true. As Superman. Well, no, he goes back and beats him up as Clark Kent. But, I mean, he has Superman's powers, Yes, though. he does. So it's not like before he gets powers back or whatever. He no, that was one thing I really liked about a recent Superman and Lois episode was they had a diner scene. Mm. And there's been three diner scenes now. Okay. There's been, like, that scene in Superman 2. Yeah. There's been the diner scene or diner-esque scene in Man of Steel where 
you know, uh, guys like harassing Clark, though he's not quite Clark Kent yet. Yeah. And he smashes his truck and, and wraps his truck around a pole. You know, it's the, the truck driver. So now the truck driver can't work yeah. because he insulted Clark Kent. Like, I'm a bit of an asshole. <laughs> this one, yeah. uh, there was a guy who punched his uh, Clark Kent's son. And so, you know, he's he's at, you know, the, the diner. And he's and so Clark's leaving the house. And uh, and uh, Lois says to him, I, I don't know if this is a job for Superman. It's like, Superman's not coming with me. <laughs> and he just leaves. I'm like, oh, Clark's going. Okay, that's right. And he kind of handles it as Clark. Like, yeah, he does yeah. definitely have his powers, and the guy tries punching him in the stomach, and it does not fly. Yeah. But he handles it more Clarky yeah. than uh, than Supermanish. But I like that thing of like, no, nah, Superman's not uh, coming on this uh, trip. <laughs> this is, is just good. me. This is just yeah. a dad talking to a guy who hit his son. Mm-hmm. Like, all right, okay, yeah. fair enough. Well, it's interesting because yeah, when you describe that scene in Man of Steel, like. I assume that the filmmakers making that movie think, oh, this is really cool. Like, this is really cool. Like, wouldn't it be great if someone insulted you? You could, like, destroy their sure. <laughs> destroy It's a fantasy, yeah, yeah. But, I mean, it's, what a weird fantasy. Like, the idea that you could, like, you know, destroy someone's property. L- livelihood. Yeah. But was there nothing in the back of the truck? <laughs> it's just, yeah, was his dog in the truck? Yeah, it's just like, it's just a weird... I'm sure he looked and saw there was a dog in the truck. <laughs> it's just weird, like, that... that People, there's someone, you know, that the people making these movies think that that's like cool, you know. Oh, that's great for Superman to destroy this guy's car. Like that's that's not what that's not what Superman. And, and as, as I think we've mentioned before, the weirdest thing about the uh, the diner scene in Superman Two is if you watch the Donner version of it, uh, the Donner version ends with Superman the going Don- back. The Donner Party version. There you go. Uh, Superman goes back in time again. Yeah. He does the exact same thing he does in the first movie. And but still goes and gets revenge on that that guy, even though because he went back in time, yeah. it didn't happen. So there was a guy who never met him before, just has a nerd come in, beat the shit out of him, and everyone's yay because they don't remember either. They don't remember either. They just know this guy's a jerk. Like okay, but that's a weird. Yeah, I don't know if that works at all. Bye. Yeah, I mean the way to make it work is if have the guy try to beat him up again and then. Yeah, just fail miserably because and but the way Superman walks in and like says to the guy, "Hey, you know," when the guy's like complaining about his Clark food, Clark Kent comes in. Clark Kent comes in. Yeah, and the guy's eating his food and like, "Ah, oh, this is no good." And the and Clark goes, "I've never seen garbage eat garbage before." I'm like, well, you're picking a fight. <laughs> yeah, that's the wrong way. That's the wrong way to do it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You sit next to him. You wait for him to say something, mm. and then he takes action, and then you're eh, eh, but. No, it was just straight revenge, you know, revenge fantasy. And, you know, all the nerds in the audience, including me, probably at the time went, (laughs) yay, beat up the guy. He's really damaged. (laughs) Nowadays, I watch that scene and go, the pinball machine. (laughs) It's a beautiful pinball machine. (laughs) Diamond does it in those days, but Eh, who cares? Who cares about a pinball machine? And Superman's got a fistful of cash and he goes like, sorry, I think this will pay for the damages. Where are you getting that money, Clark? How much money was that? What do you do? How much money do you make? Um, I, I guess he made good money at the plant. That's funny. Mary, Mary came over on Sunday and we, we watched uh, the very first Fast and Furious film. Although I pointed out to her that she had seen it before mm-hmm. at the drive-in in 2001. She said, Dad, stealing DVD players. I was seven. But anyway, yes. um, yeah, stealing DVD players. Uh, but yeah, I have the same reaction. You're, you're, you're to pinball machines. Mine to a really nice Dodge Charger in the film that gets, 
you know, crunched and rolled over and broken up. And you're just like, it's a beautiful car. Why are you wrecking it? I can't stand any movie yeah. now, really. <laughs> they destroy old it's, uh, old yeah. muscle cars. And then you just want like one scene where like Vin Diesel turns to the, the cop guy and just goes, hey, you ever wonder if we could drive a car in space? <laughs> <laughs> It's a very that's a crazy that's a crazy notion. Hey, wait a couple of years. Guess what's going to happen? Your <laughs> well, friends are going to be that's fine. A car and driving in space. That sounds a lot better than the movie that we watched, which is pretty down to earth and uh, yeah, a little pedestrian. Sure, even though they're driving cars, it still felt a little pedestrian. It's just you know pretty by the numbers. Aside from Pink Panther, I can't think of any film that just well. Okay. Nope. I'll, I'm also going to go <laughs> Iron Man. Iron Iron Man, uh, Fast and the Furious, and the Pink Panther movies mm. are movies where you watch the first movie, yeah. now watch the last movie, <laughs> and just go, same world. Yeah. Same world. <laughs> Giant laser that's making a castle disappear. <laughs> and a guy dissolving him like bit part at a time till he's just one twitching eye. And, yeah. Good stuff. Good stuff. But it's good. It's just, yeah, the jokes got bigger and bigger. Everything got bigger and bigger. <laughs> and you won't, you go from like Iron Man, you know, I'm a, he's a weapons manufacturer who gets, you know, uh, taken hostage. And then he's on another planet having to stop uh, the universe from ending using cosmic magic stones. <laughs> and I'm like, how did we get here from there? And by the way, did you ever think of going back in time and saving your friend in the cave? That guy could have used, you know, when he had the power of time travel. <laughs> Might be nice to just go back and like. That's the problem with time travel. Yeah. It's, well, it's, not, it's just a hard, it's a hard thing to add to you a story. You should write a book called That's the Problem with Time Travel. <laughs> That's the Problem with Time Travel. Yeah. Some, what's that one called? Have you ever seen that movie? It's like time, oh, it's like time traveler wanted or whatever. Some the thing is called like yeah, I know what you're talking some about. Some danger or something. Yeah, like that. that's right. Yeah, it was a it was, a, it was an actual thing that was there was an, a a classified ad. It was an actual classified ad. It was an actual classified okay. ad that was you know time traveler wanted some risk or some yeah, yeah possible yeah. risk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, someone put out a, a series of uh, little ads in newspapers. Okay, huh? Yeah, that's a that's a good movie. John Schwartzwelder, the writer for The Simpsons, I believe, wrote a book called The Time Machine Did It. Okay. It's a very funny book, apparently, but I love that title. <laughs> the Time Machine did it. Oh, okay, good. <laughs> yeah, it's a tricky thing once you ask. Then, yes, why why don't they go back and redo all sorts of things? <laughs> because you're gonna everything else is affected. And yeah, no yeah. You control all that exactly. situation. Yeah. Exactly. The only way you could okay, the only way a time machine would work mm -hmm. is if you had the greatest computer in the world okay. that could calculate in real time. Mm the least amount of effect you could have on a situation. Sure. And then you'd have to follow that advice to the letter, mm. to the letter. And, uh, and then at the end, you just go, yeah, I could only do things that actually happened already. And so it's a paradox. And, so, <laughs> and, and it goes like, I'm confused by that. Fine. I'll build you another computer that'll explain it to you. And they build that computer. And that, all right, sit down. Yeah. Here's how it goes. It gets more and more elaborate. Pretty soon, the world, the Earth itself, is a computer. Yeah, calculating. Yeah, that's right. And, so, and that's how computers take over, and the singularity happens. And it's like, yeah, but there's nothing you could do. It was a paradox. What? I don't get it. Hey, I'm six computers back. I explained it to you. <laughs> fuck this guy, right? Kill him. Just kill him. I don't know. Just send him back in time. Okay, what could the consequences oh, possibly yes, wait be? Wait a second. So they send him back in time, yeah. and then he's actually what starts life on Earth. Oh, yeah. There you go. He falls in love with an amoeba. 
and then they have kids. <laughs> first, they didn't like each other. No, no, it was, a, first me, it was a meet, uh, meet cute that meet was cute, not and then it kind of went bad. He's and then... so arrogant in so many cells. <laughs> Thinks he runs the world. That's right. That's right. And then he started flirting with me when I divided and was another amoeba. <laughs> I thought he loved me for me, yes. not me for the other me. <laughs> then he tries to talk us into a three-way. And I'm like, I know it's me, but it's still me. Yeah. Do you love me or me? I'm like, I don't know. What a dilemma. So he has to talk to his best friend, who's the talking snake from the Garden of Eden. <laughs> that all happens as well, parallel. Mm. Okay. E- Eden actually this was is- real. Uh, and that happens over there. Really... That happens over there. Yeah. But then also, uh, you know, uh, evolution is also happening sure. in a different area. This time machine has really messed things up. Yeah, it's really messed things up. <laughs> what a mess. Yeah. Fun. So um, I don't know if you uh, feel like uh, talking about what's happened to you recently or not. Sure. Uh, but uh, yeah. So we'll just turn the floor over, <laughs> over to you. S- uh, sad times at uh, the Dedrick household. The Dedrick slash Williamson household. Um, yeah, we had to uh, put down L Albert, he, our our last dog, and um, it was very obviously very sad and very upsetting. Um, I think I think it was more, even more upsetting. Like Lisa was really upset about putting like Boo. Would, maybe because when we put Boo down, we we had L, and you're kind of like, oh, this is really sad. But at least we still have Albert. You know, come here, L, and then. We had to put down L, and then there's no more dogs, mm-hmm. so there's no <laughs> no one to no tail wagging when you come home, and uh, no one to take for walks, and no one to take the kids, the posse, and Albert walking down the street together, and all the rest of it. Um, and yeah, it's uh, we got him accidentally. We didn't uh, ask for L, but we got L. How long did you have L for? Boy, I wish I could put a date on it. We did talk about it on the podcast. Yeah, I'm sure we did when he first came. When he first so, came, yeah. it was you, you broke down the story and what was going on. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. I should probably look that up and see if I can find <laughs> the actual date that he. Um, you know, but Lisa wrote something on Facebook today, and she was like, I say, she was really upset last night. She took Al for a last walk and uh, and was uh, crying quite a bit. And I just have to try and sure. I'm doing this the wrong way. I'm looking for. Going like Lisa posts so often, I'll just find a post that she did. What am I thinking of? I have other friends. <laughs> Let me just go look this way. But yeah, he—it's so weird because when when we put down Boo, because Boo is also you know Boo is sixteen years old and he is just starting to you know fall apart basically. Yeah. And it's the hardest thing, isn't it? Like, thank God we don't have to do this for each other. You know, like we don't have to. Someone doesn't come to us and say, "Listen, Dave is really old." Like. I don't know if you noticed, but he's having trouble walking. He's maybe a little trouble, like, you know, uh, going to the bathroom. He's a bit incontinent. Um, Repeating the same stories on his podcast. It's up to you. But, um, yeah, he's talking about Pride and Prejudice again. Uh, It's up to you, but maybe you should put him down. Like, thank God we don't have to make that choice, right? (laughs) Because what a a thing. It's just so... But with your your animal, like, you, you know, you know that if... They were like in the wild, which dogs, of course, wouldn't wouldn't be anyway. But if they were in the wild, or and so you know, like there's just no way they could survive a day because it's they're and I don't mean just because they're household pets, but I just mean like they're so infirm, yeah, that they would just be at the mercy of whatever is out there, you know. And so you have to like weigh, you know, 
how much they mean to you, how, how much discomfort they're in, what you can do for that, what makes sense to do, you know, because this is end of life time, L's 14, you know, which is pretty, pretty old for a dog. Sure. And it's a, he's pretty, a bigger dog. And pretty too. old for, no, he's not. He was, he was a pretty small dog, actually. Oh, was he? Yeah. Okay. I assume because, you know, he was. He was a pit bull or a mastiff cross kind okay. of thing. Like, he, you know, he was, he was designed to be like a pit bull looking dog. Right. You know, so some guy could walk down the street with his arms out from his side, walking him and look tough. Yeah. But little did he, little did this person know when he named the dog Al Capone that Al Capone was like the wimpiest big baby who couldn't <laughs> sleep without a blanket on. I thought you were talking about the actual Al Capone. No, not the. That was Al's original name was Al Capone. Yeah, yeah I know. I was, I was just us. picturing you. You knew stuff about Al Capone, the gangster that I didn't know. Oh yeah, I yeah. can't sleep without a bank, you see. <laughs> Listen, you mugs. I'm real scared of the dark. You turn those lights on. Um, and so yeah, and it's weird because when Boo was, we so when Boo was put down, almost right away, L was old. Mm. Like when Boo was there, Boo was old, and L was young. Yeah. But then we took Boo out of the equation. L became old, like old overnight. It felt sure. like, like suddenly he's an old gray beard. And then he was having trouble. His hip. He started having trouble with his uh, back. You know, his back uh, hip. And so he was limping with that. And so that was, you know, probably some breed thing. You know, with the way you know. And then, and then just recently, like it just started, like in the last month or so, he couldn't. He wasn't really interested in eating. He would eat a little bit, then he would eat some more, but then he would just throw it all back up again, pretty yeah. much undigested. Yeah. It would just go down and come back up the yeah. same. And he was losing control of his bladder, losing control, you know, he just couldn't, couldn't, uh, you know, so suddenly he can't be upstairs by himself. So you have to lock him downstairs when you, when you leave the house and stuff. So he's just in this tiny contained area where there's like a hard, hardwood floor kind of thing. It was actually a vinyl floor, but you know, somewhere that, it's easy to clean up the mess, which is inevitable because, you know, he's home by himself for, for part of the day when we're at work. And he was just getting skinnier and skinnier, weaker and weaker. He was having trouble keeping his back end up. It was just getting, you know, and you just got to, at that point, you know, like bite the bullet and, and just, you know. And, of course, when it comes time, then you start to, like, you want to bargain, right? You're like, well, maybe if we took him in and got him looked at, they could tell us what, but then you're like, but what can they do? Like at this point, you know, he's 14, you know, like there's only so much, you know, we can't afford to pay like thousands of dollars for, for, uh, you know, whatever po possible cure they could do for a very short time. I mean, right. like it's not, not like he's going to live till 20 or something. So you're just kind of like weighing all these things. Um, and so, yeah, it's very upsetting. It's, and, um, yeah. And I mean, where we took him, it's a place owned by some friends of ours. It's a it's an emergency clinic, so it's pretty much this like triage. So we called ahead just to see if yeah. it would be okay, you know, for us to bring him down. And they, they said, sure, we you know we're not super busy, so we took him in, and they're very kind. You know, they took him to the back, they put a catheter in, and then they bring him back, and we're just given like a private room to be with him. Right. And then, um, sorry, no, and then uh, all the time. <laughs> So then they bring him back and you can pet him and, and say goodbye. And, and, uh, and the thing is, like, when we brought Boo in, Boo is, like, so weak. Like, he couldn't even lift himself by that point. He was basically just, he just wanted to lay down all the time. And so it was very easy. With, with Al, you know, he's walking around and he's curious and he's sniffing. And you're just like, 
oh, are we doing the right thing? Yeah. <laughs> you know, this is so terrible. Like, it was such a monumental decision that you're forced to make, you know. And you're just racked with guilt and then you're you're sad and everything. And uh, then they gave him like a sedative and he laid down then. And we just pet him. And then they gave him the drug and then that was that was it. And yeah. Uh, But yeah, he was a really good, like for a dog that, like I say, we didn't ask for him. He just showed up at our door one day. He was like an amazing, yeah, an amazing dog. Yeah. I always liked hearing the stories. <laughs> of uh of him and we and there's there's a bunch of them on this uh on this channel those of you going backwards through things and listening to old episodes you'll uh you'll you'll be hearing those so this is what lisa wrote sure. on facebook uh, she said um well our house has a little less love than usual in it tonight we came home from the vets empty-handed <laughs> r.i.p albert i've got to admit this one hit me hard maybe because it seemed like l chose us rather than the oh thanks um Maybe because it seemed like Elle chose us rather than the other way around. Elle came to us in a weird way. This brindle pit bull was dropped off at her house one afternoon to be looked after for two hours. Those two hours turned into four days. Eventually, I uncharacteristically put my foot down and demanded the dog get picked up. Two days later, I got a frantic phone call. They're going to kill him. I had spent the last two days missing him. I said to bring him home, and home he came. It turns out his original owner had got a puppy they named El Capone for his foster son, and El was obviously a well-loved dog. He had the softest mouth, he was great with kids, and he had no trace of fear no trace of fear or aggression. He could be a little rambunctious, was hard to take for a walk at first, and in general was quite undisciplined, but over time he learned to be a little better behaved. A little better. That's very <laughs> important to say that. El had a dark history, though. El had ended up in the animal shelter after his owner, a guy called Big Steve was picked up for a very heinous crime. The owner's son, Al's boy, went into the foster system, and Al ended up at the pound. Big Steve reached out from jail to another dog lover he knew from a job site. He offered to sign over the title to his truck if his workmate could go pick up Al. The workmate jumped at the offer. He got the truck, picked up the dog, but that's where Al's luck changed. This guy had five little toy-type dogs. Al was young and energetic, and his playing was seen as threatening. So, through a very convoluted chain of events, Elle ended up at our house for that two-hour timeout. Once Elle was at her home for good, he would walk and walk and walk around the house until he would fall over with a bang, <laughs> sound asleep by the time he hit the ground. I've since read that many dogs who come out of a shelter situation get so nervous and keyed up that they are afraid to go to sleep. After about a month, Elle settled, into, settled in happily to life here. We already had our elkhound Boo, who had taken to living under the couch after our first elkhound Misty died. Like the character Scout to Kill a Mockingbird in To Kill a Mockingbird, Al enticed his own Boo Radley to come out and engage in the world again. He was a wonderful thing. Al was a favorite in the neighborhood. He loved the kids, the boys in particular, and looked forward to our long walks in the field and through the park. Al is the sole reason my posse started in the first place. <laughs> Micah, the little boy across the road, was afraid of dogs, but Al taught him that dogs could be really good friends. Alex, at the end of the cul-de-sac, was not able to have a dog because of his mum's severe allergies. So El became his surrogate dog. After that, it has been about 10 years of kids knocking on the door and asking if we could take the dogs for a walk. El was always an enthusiastic member of any walking party. <sighs> Sorry. He was a dog so full of love and life. He exuded love. He loved pets. He loved all kinds of food, even stuff that wasn't good for him. He loved his posse. He loved walks. He loved his chicken sisters. He loved his <laughs> blankie. He loved lying in the sun. He loved stealing the cat's food. 
He loved his brother Boo and has missed him so much these past nine months. Al filled every room he entered with an undeniable... Sorry, guys. Al filled every room he entered with an undeniable, unwavering love for everyone present. But I also selfishly like to think that he loved me the most. <laughs> that may not have been the case, but that is how he made you feel, and that's what counts in the end. He will be very sadly missed by so many. And she says, R.I.P. Albert again. So, yes. It's funny. I'm, uh... It's funny. It, I'm different than Lisa. Lisa was very upset. She took Al for a walk, and she came back, and she's crying, like, a lot. And, uh... You know, we, she got into the car and I gave her, put Al in her lap and she just took just sat with Al in her lap all the way to the, the vets. And I was very contained and contained in the vet. You know, I, I did all the talking and stuff there. And then it's funny, I guess I can put off or I can put out of mind the reality, you know, like yeah. distract myself in some way. But when it came time for like the shot and everything, like when we were saying goodbye to him, then, then I lost it, you know, that I was crying so much. Sure. And it's just, it's interesting. So before I could talk to, about him in a very calm, measured way, but as soon as the, you know, as soon as the reality, as soon as you're living in, in the memory of Al, then of course it, it's hard to talk about it. But uh, so I apologize, but... You have no apologies to make. I thought it was a very touching tribute that uh, Lisa yeah. wrote, which she often does, very nice uh, memories of people. And she's, uh, I wish she'd actually read it out. She's written, written my obituary many times when she thought I had died in a car accident because I was late getting home. <laughs> so I was like, well, write it down so I can read it. So, you know, because I won't be able to read it when I'm gone. I just want all the love now. Just picturing her writing extra ones <laughs> just in case. When Dave died in that fire, when he mouthed off to the guy in that bar. <laughs> should have, should just, have, just, a, just a big pack of them for like... Shouldn't have, uh, yeah, shouldn't have insulted that guy at that diner. Yeah, she's like a news agency. She's got a whole bunch on file. It's like, and then it becomes crocodile. <laughs> okay, fine. When you went to France, she had it a whole... It fell off Eiffel Tower. No, it's... Uh, we're lucky to have them in our lives. For sure. Yeah. For sure. I mean, Al was lucky to have us in his life. You know, Absolutely. Like, oh, my have... gosh. What a blessing. <laughs> like, I, I honestly do remember when you got him and, like, <laughs> you talking about him on the podcast. And it was just like, so we're, uh, we got this pit bull that we might have to look after him. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, and he's got kind of a, there's a violent past. Oh, and it was just like, okay, this is all, this is <laughs> not, all the not, story. The news will be covering and just go, were there any signs not, this not, could be problematic? Yeah, yeah. And it's like, no, yeah. What What's great is, I mean, he was a little boy's dog, though. So he was, like Lisa said, he was, he would, he would play, play bite you, but he just put his, he would just put like his mouth on your hand. Yeah, when you say his softest mouth. Yeah, yeah, and he was just so, like he never nipped, he never got mad at the kids, no matter how they draped themselves all over him or whatever they did to him. Yeah. He was just such a good-natured, loving little guy. It was just amazing. And I know, yeah, you think, oh, a pit bull, they're giant dogs. But no, they're medium-sized. They're not like yeah. a toy dog, but, you know, they're just, you know, um, yeah. Ah, it's sad. It's sad, but he got so much love. Yeah. What could be a better case scenario for mm-hmm. him? So much love. Yeah. And then, you know, as as awful and like I've I've had to of course put three cats to sleep. Yeah. You know. And one one time I did have the regrets that I think you did where it's like, is this too early? I don't know. Yeah. And it was it was tough because I brought I brought uh her outside first and she was on some grass and she seemed to pe- perk up and yeah. I was like, I don't. Yeah. But it just it still felt like it was time. Mm-hmm. And it was cancer at that point too. So sure. it was like painful and so yeah. it's like I don't you're you're their advocate. You're their representative. Sure, and, and that's uh, oops, and that's the thing that um, 
Yeah, I was reading at the vets, there were like signs of pain in dogs and and like all the things that Elle was doing were like signs of pain. And so I was Yeah. That kind of made me feel better, like, okay, we're doing the right thing. The way I the way I look at it is uh is you you wanna take their pain away. Yeah. And you do. Mm-hmm. And you take it into yourself. And it hurts like a fucker. But all you want to do when they're hurting is to take the pain. Yeah. Totally willing to take it, you know? Yeah. And even though it's like inside you right now, it's not hurting him anymore. And that's, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's good. And and the, the, the thing I was going to say was they definitely pass surrounded by love. Yeah. You're right. They're just like warm. It's very warm. It's mm-hmm. it's com- comforting. Yeah. And and they know you're there. They can smell you. Mm-hmm. And they're just surrounded by their family. That's yeah. It. No, it's funny. Like with Boo and with Elle. I'm, sorry. I'm apologizing now. <laughs> it's okay. Okay. <laughs> um, what was great with Boo and with with and with Elle was like unlike with Misty, who came to us later in life. Like you couldn't. Like, I like to uh, pet the dogs with my feet. Yeah. Like, I'll walk by and I'll just be like, hey, and I'll let's pet them. <laughs> I couldn't do that with Misty because that scared her because sure. she was Something obviously kicked. Past, yeah. She was kicked in the past. And so to her, a foot, even like you stepping over top of her, even when she's lying in a doorway or whatever, she would scurry out of the way. And, Such an interesting thing with animals. And get herself in. learn what their abuse was <laughs> yeah, yeah. from your behavior. Yeah. Scared of brooms, scared of stairs, yep. scared of, scared of uh, feet. Whereas with Elle and Boo, I could... You know, walk over and like, you know, put my my foot right on their head and like pet pet them with my toes. You know, and they thought that was the best thing in the world. Sure. You know, they weren't. They knew that was not a threat. They knew that that was smells like you. <laughs> Probably too much like me. No, that's that's very rare for a dog that things smell too much. <laughs> so yeah, it was. Uh, I just yeah, I was just yeah. It's gonna be. We're gonna miss them. Yeah, it's gonna be hard. It's gonna be hard. I'm not a person who likes dogs in the furniture. I, you know, I grew up with a dad who was a very strict dog owner. Like right. our our dog had to sleep downstairs at night. He had to sleep in the basement. Sure. That's where he belongs. Dogs belong <laughs> in the basement. Uh, and so I, you know, I have a bit of that in myself. Like I don't like the dogs in the bedrooms and stuff like that. Maybe because I also have a bit of a pet. Uh, I have a bit of an allergy to dander. And um, but yeah, I just but you know the last few months I've been sleeping. In Eve's old bed, and I was just like, "Well, whatever, yeah. whatever." Things let change. the old guy, let the old guy have a com- his yeah, comfort. Yeah, yeah. yeah, you know, that's that's what he needs. That's what he needs. That's fine. Yeah, I will change the sheets now. <laughs> but he was just laying on the top. I'm just joking. We had just we just put an old blanket on top of it from the lay on. Uh, yeah, it's. Uh, I think I told I told the story a long time ago, but it happened very early on in and Elle's stay with us, where he learned that I did not like dogs coming down the hallway. Uh, which was, I woke up in the morning and I could feel Lisa's warmth beside me. And so I rolled over to put my arm over her and I put my hand on the skinniest arm in the world <laughs> as if Lisa had aged a million years overnight. But it was Al who decided to climb into bed with me. Uh, something that yeah, I didn't appreciate. Get out of here. Yeah, and then Lisa walked in and went, my dog, my husband. <laughs> I can explain. So, yeah, I, I, it's just a, and that was Al. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it's nothing but great. Nothing but great to own a pet. This is a, this is a, you're right. It's the unfortunate part of, of uh, love is as you know the high price of love. Is the high price said. of love. Yeah, yeah. Well, you called it with a chart. I think August. I think was uh, when you we 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 had that talk. Yeah, yeah, 
Yeah, it's a song uh, by Love, and one of the lines in it is, to every happy hello, there must be goodbye. And that's uh, a sad reality. Yeah, but you let yourself feel all the things that you feel. Yeah. I and mean, I know the instinct is to go sorry. For some, it's so <laughs> weird that we do that. I'm, I'm that too, like, you know. Yeah. I get weepy and I apologize, and yeah. it's like to who? <laughs> Who's going to be the dick? Who's just like that's true? Someone's sad about their dog. Like yeah, dog. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to be my dog died bore. <laughs> you know. Yeah. No, I mean, I do and, you know, do that. and you know, as I've been talking about, I, I'm going through a similar thing with mm-hmm. you know our cat, and he's mm-hmm. getting skinnier, and mm-hmm. it's just like, oh, what's? But skin, the skinniness is 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 basically about it. Yeah. You know, it's just like, it's the, it's, you know, aside from that, he seems to generally be himself, mm-hmm. you know, it's so, it's hard to tell. And yeah. at some point you're going to, I'm going to have to. Yeah. And it's, oh, it's just the hardest decision in the world to make. It's like, it is. is this too soon? Is this too late? <laughs> is this too this? Is this too that? No, you're right. Yeah. It's, and the internet no right. is quote unquote helpful. I did not, did not look at that. No. I did not. I this is where it's nice. Or... You know, uh, having people, you know, f- friends of the podcast who yes. are vets sometimes, who yeah. you know, I'm still, I'm still kind of coasting on information that our friend Nettie gave me at the beginning of all this, mm-hmm. and just like, okay, well, yeah. there's going to be good days, there's going to be bad days. Fine, let's get to know. There's going to be good days, <laughs> be bad days. Here's the, here's the things that are important. Okay, okay, yeah. okay. Yeah, checking those out, checking him out. Yeah, <laughs> you'll but, know, you'll know when it's time when you'll know when he's not enjoying it anymore, and. uh and this time. Yeah. I kind of like our dog scamp that I had from like when I was six to when I was 20. He was actually on Boxing Day night. He went out. He went outside like he has to be let out. And there was a big kerfuffle happening that night uh, where my brother and this uh, woman had got into a big fight. And there was a lot of crying and a lot of like crying from this woman. And and it was anyway, I just went to bed. Yeah. Listening to crying and carrying on. And I woke up to crying. And I didn't know what, what, I was like, wow, it's still, uh, still going on. But no, it was my mom crying because the, our dog had gone outside and it just passed away outside. Oh, okay. Which I've always wondered, like, did we forget about him? Because he was, all the stuff that was happening and he just was outside all night. He was really old. He was 14. Right. Or he just went out there because he knew it was time. Sure. And he just went outside and laid down and yeah. and passed. Um, we'll never know, of course. He didn't leave a, he didn't leave a, a note. But, um, yeah, it's just, my mom always felt guilty about that. But it was my mom who was crying. That's what I woke up to was, uh, cause, you know, they found him. Cause I guess they realized, oh, Scamp's not in the house. And then my dad went out to look outside and they found him. Okay. Um, and then. And it was, and, and you know, it wasn't too long that he, since, yeah, he passed. Yeah. So yeah. 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 No. No, you know that. Yeah. And so, yeah, it was, obviously it was really tough cause. Yeah. I did been in our house almost my entire life like sure. since, since almost consciousness very as a kid, different you know? <laughs> eras of you yeah you yeah, definitely yeah. bonded and were yeah 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 remember like my my dog inca when i was a kid uh when when it got near the end for him there was two there was two things that i'm still kind of chilled by one was he just would like run outside for some reason like he'd just run into the neighborhood somehow get through the fence or something yeah and he'd just be going through na- the neighbor's garbage and like have like garbage bags on his head he'd get trapped in garbage bags he was like so ravenous for so for gar- it was just really strange but it was like he's not right right now. yeah 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 and we were worried he was going to suffocate in these bags mm, mm. and there was one time when he was just he just fell down the stairs and he just rolled down the stairs and it was hearing this thump 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 and it still chills me this day yeah it was just like 
Yeah, you're just like keeping him around too long. Yeah, yeah. You know, more than more than he can take. And yeah, yeah. And it was just a drag. Like my my mom like uh, took him to be put to sleep uh, on her own. Uh, and it was like the last day of high school, and so I came home from high school. I think I've told you this, yeah. But like, I, I came home from came home from high school, and I was feeling kind of weird about that because it was like, well, that's all over. Mm-hmm. And then my mom was just going out and just like, and just letting you know, uh, put the dog down, and then she left. Hmm. And there was no like talking about it or yeah. anything. It was just like, oh yeah, your dog's gone now. Yeah, so high school's over and your dog's gone. Okay, <laughs> bye. And she left. Wow. And yeah, it was just like I just didn't feel anything. It was very chilling. Yeah. Yeah, my like my when Scam died, my dad took him away with, before we woke up and just took him to the vets and or oh, somewhere okay. and I guess he took him to the uh, SPCA. I guess a vet would have been open on Boxing Day, but you know what I mean. It was the day after Boxing Day, but you know what I mean. Okay. And um and but I always felt like we didn't get to say goodbye. That might not okay. But I think he was trying to think of us like you don't need to see this. Uh, you know, just you have your memories and those are better than you know. Yeah. Because it's not like saying goodbye. Like when we said goodbye to Al, you know, he's he's there with you. You're petting him. You're comforting him in his last moments, you know. And then he passes. And you can feel him disappear into your hands, you know. Yeah. And then you know he's gone. And uh, I think that'd be different than just finding like the, you know, just the, your dogs. Right. <laughs> it's laying, on, laying outside in the grass, you know. Be a bit of a different experience, Yeah, I think. it's better that you just have your thoughts of what that was than, yeah. than probably yeah. the reality. Yeah. 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 That's your dad protecting you. Yeah. Yeah. It's tough. It's tough though. It is. It is. You know what else is tough? Listeners comments. Yeah. But I don't envy being the listener that comments right after we had that conversation. Huh? <laughs> imagine, imagine how like shallow it will seem them talking about some sort of trivia or nonsense. <laughs> like right after we have this real deep conversation about our uh, pets. <laughs> Whew. I do not want to be whoever that person... Lisa. Oh, well, this uh, was a bit of an uno on me, and it was a reverse card, and it got me back. So I'm going to pick up six cards right now. I just read the letter. Um, last week, we were, uh, one of the things we were talking about was, who is your favorite replacement in like film or television? Or let's even go music. And uh, what's your favorite architectural style of house? And uh, when you said that one, I thought, I know no styles of houses. <laughs> uh, so there we go. Uh, Lisa writes. Oh, it's okay. Uh, I don't know that I have a favorite replacement for a TV show or band or uh, whatever, but the final guy to step in as the latest boyfriend replacement for me really worked out well. <laughs> oh, so many years ago now. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> that um, is nice. I've been a really good boyfriend replacement. Mm-hmm. It's, it, she should call you her husband at this point. But like just still calling yeah. you the boyfriend replacement. <laughs> it sounds like you're a temp that they're still seeing how, how it goes. I'm still I'm still going through a, this is a long She makes you process. wear the I'm new badge. Really still. long vetting process I'm going through, yeah. Oh. <laughs> For architectural style, I do love a well done MCM house. What's that? Mid century modern. Thank you. For many reasons. Economy of space often being one of the big ones. Often they go too far in that department when it comes to the kitchen, sadly. Uh, another place they don't measure up is the use of natural light. But I think uh, Nutra nails that most of the time. Sometimes they get a little uh, too boxy. So I also really like an MCM that has an exterior blend with its environment when FLW got it right. What's FLW? Uh, Frank Lloyd Wright. Thank you. He really got it right. <laughs> Case in point, Falling Waters. 
Um, Kim Possible has a great MCM house. Uh, there's a house in the Southlands neighborhood of Vancouver that's very much like it that Eve and I refer to as the Kim Possible house. Mm. I'm hearing a lot of Kim Possible talk today. Uh, however, on the other end of the spectrum, I also really love the hominess of cottage style, ranch style, ranchers, and Cape Cods. I also like the look of craftsman style exteriors. I'm less in love with their interiors, but I wouldn't turn down one if someone offered me one. <laughs> LOL. So if you want to offer a free house yeah. to, to com- Dave and Lisa. pretty common nowadays for people to say, hey, you want a house? Yeah. Do you want a house? Let me know. They'll even take a haunted one. Dave likes horror movies. So. I like horror movies. And, you know, it's just a ghost. What's it going to do? Uh, Edward Dragansi writes, Welcome back, Ian, one week later, but nonetheless, I'm glad you're out of that damned hospital. Yeah, yes. they were nice, but uh, you're right. It's good to be out of that place. <laughs> yeah. I can't help but imagine a cartoon with you laid up in the hospital with Cohen by your side thinking, now Ian needs me. Oh, you, you're going to make me cry again. <laughs> Come on, Edward, we don't need that. All right, everybody, let's, let's man up. We're going to man up now. Here we go. Nice. I really missed him when I was in the uh, hospital. I'm and sure. apparently he missed me. Uh, in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, I thought Don Cheadle did a great job as James Rhodey Rhodes after Terrence Howard walked away due to contract disputes. Uh, who knows what it would have been like to see Howard play War Machine, but I've really enjoyed Cheadle in the role. I think it makes uh, more sense that Cheadle, who's 5'8", would fit into the War Machine suit than the six-foot Howard. Uh, the Iron Man suits seem to be made to fit smaller-sized bodies rather than big muscular ones. Or does that seem like a rationale, I'm imagining, due to Robert Downey Jr. and Don Cheadle's heights? I still find it weird that there's a character called War Machine who's a good guy. <laughs> Isn't that strange? Just yeah. like, I'm here to help. What's your name? You know, uh, War Machine. Oh, get out of here. No one wants that. Yeah. Um, I wish, want to reverse the, the replacement question with one actress in two separate roles. Mm. The late Kirstie Alley. I see. Here's the examples. I think uh, uh, Star Trek Search for Spock is so vastly underrated in the whole even-numbered, odd-numbered thing uh, about the Paramount Star Trek films. I thought Nimoy did a stellar job directing uh, Kirstie Alley, who played Savick so wonderfully sexy, as much (laughs) as anyone could play a half-Vulcan, half-Romulan in the previous film, Wrath of Khan, was replaced by the deadpan Robin Curtis. I'm sure Curtis's portrayal was probably more in spirit of what a Vulcan Romulan should be like. So I'll give her credit for that. I was so sold on Ali as uh, Savick and the Wrath of Khan, though. Khan. Uh, I still wince at Curtis in the following film. Admiral David is dead. Ugh. Switch over. We will. To Kirstie Alley in the sitcom Cheers, who replaced Shelley Long after she left the show in 1987. I know it's not a character role. But her position in the cast, uh, Allie's Rebecca Howe for Long's Diane Chambers, never seemed quite equal. Mm. I will agree. Long received five uh, Emmy nominations, winning in 1983 for the role of Diane Chambers, who I think had the better chemistry with Ted Danson's Sam Malone. Allie's on-screen romance with Sam, Robin Robin Colcord, and Evan Drake just came off as more annoying and needy than anything. Uh, I want a Diane back. I was a Cheers fanatic. How about you guys? Yeah. I remember the first uh, ad I saw for Cheers. And it was the smashing of the mugs, which then later was almost exactly an ad for Don't Drink and Drive. <laughs> but I do remember like Cheers is coming and it was like, oh, interesting. What's this all about? And I, hmm. I did like it. I give anything to see a reunion in the bar with Diane, of course. 
Note, <laughs> upon proofing the above met message, I now realize that Kirstie Alley is the second main cast member of Cheers to have passed on. So the Diane, of course, as morbid as it sounds, was meant as a preference, not due to mortality. I see. Very good. Live that's, long how, and, that's the way I took it, Ed. Live long and prosper to all the sneakers in the galaxy. I've got a <laughs> trekky nerdgasm waiting as I prepare to watch the series finale of Star Trek Picard. Uh, I would say I just watched it, but they may actually uh, spoil some of the things I said earlier in the in the broadcast. So uh, I won't say that I just watched it. I just watched it. It was really good. Okay. <laughs> uh, Louise uh, writes. Oh, it's always nice. Uh, good to hear yeah. you back behind the microphone, Ian. Thank you. I'm behind the microphone right now, by coincidence. I don't know if you've been replaced, if you've aged out of a role, but Tom Holland is my favorite Spider-Man so far. I wasn't that fond of Andrew Garfield in the role. However, Mm. his role in Spider-Man No Way Home was hilarious. That was a smart way to acknowledge fan sentiment. I thought (laughs) Pierce Brosnan was a good choice for Bond after Moore's uh, cheesier turns. Oh, you're forgetting about... Oh, sorry. sorry. And Dalton's okay efforts. (laughs) I wish Henry Cavill could take a shot at Bond, so to speak. Uh, (laughs) He looked great in the Superman and Witcher suits. I think he'd fill out a tux nicely while dispatching villains with an appropriate lack of Ruth. <laughs> nice. Uh, do a kid's version, uh, have baby Ruth. Ah, we're all having some fun here. I heard um, that Aaron Taylor Johnson is very, very much in the running to be the next James Bond. Who is that again? He was Kick-Ass. Oh, yes, he was. Uh, and other things in other movies, John Lennon yeah, and Norbo. He was one of uh, many Quicksilvers. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Mr. Run, mm-hmm. run, 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 run. I like him. I love the California bungalows that were built in in Vancouver in the 1920s. We had one in our old neighborhood, which was surrounded by a lovely garden. Mm. The overhanging uh, roof and eaves are much better suited for our rainy climate than the later Vancouver specials. Uh, if I had such a house, I'd fill it with all sorts of Art Nouveau decor and stained glass. Nice. Yeah. And that's do so many me. murders. Oh, that's weird that you would say that. <laughs> she didn't say that part. I just made that part up. <laughs> Thank you, Louise. Huh. Do nice. we have any letters? Oh, we do have a, a letter. Is that and all the let's comments? Let's check the mail. The actual mail. Well, not the real mail, just the email. <laughs> get off the web and get on the email. We don't get any real letters. <laughs> we don't. Except sometimes we do and they're uh, full of chocolate. That's the best kind of letter. This is from Chris Roberts. Oh, nice. Chris I Roberts. Like Chris Roberts. I know Chris Roberts. I don't care what you say. I like him. You know, you know what? Uh, Chris is the uh, provider of the theme for Horse Mysteries. A pod- oh, is that right? <coughs> Excuse me. And, and the theme is Horses Love Committing Crimes. <coughs> they do. Those buggers. Hey, uh, it says Still Sneakin'. That's the subject. Nice. He says, Hiya, fellers. So good to have Ian back and in great form as usual. Hope you're feeling better every day. Yeah, I am. Thank you for asking. And yes. That's great. And of course, kudos to Jason for filling in brilliantly. What? I'm chopped liver? Yeah, you love Jason so much. Why don't you marry Jason? (laughs) Why don't you marry Jason and have wedding vows and and then be happy together for long periods of time? Why don't you you call him the new boyfriend replacement? You like him so much. (laughs) How about that? Zing. Okay. Jason's great. Jason is great. Best replacement in every sense has to be... Ringo, no. Oh, <laughs> that's like a cryptic crossword clue. And with that terrible dad joke out of the way, no, I bid you good day and good health, sirs. Chris. Cryptic crossword, that's good. Uh, you know what? No, what? Chicken butt. <laughs> His, uh, despite uh, Chris obviously 
having some fun there. It is a good, that is a great replacement. Sure. Ringo traded for Pete Best is a, yeah. is a, an improvement in every way. So sure, that sure. is a great, a great replacement. And it kind of makes me want to think about other bands that have changed members for the better. Okay. I can't think of any right now, but I will, uh, it's something to think about. Maybe that would be a question. Oh. We've already done replacements though, so I don't know if that would be a fair question to keep, keep writing that dead horse mystery. Okay. Uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say, uh, for a question, Mm. uh, what's a, what's a fun story about a pet you've had? Oh, that's nice. Yeah. That's nice. That's great. Um, I'm gonna say this, here's my fun story about, uh, my pet, uh, Charlie. We were taking him uh, on a long trip. Yes. And uh, we're going, I think it's to Chilliwack. And he was very, very calm in the back seat. He likes a nice uh, car trip. And we didn't even have him in like a carrier or anything. He was just lying there. And then all of a sudden he like uh, perks up. He just starts mm. hissing. He's hissing out the window. And we're all like on, on the road. And it's a kind of a busy road. And like, what's this about? And we're like in kind of in the middle of nowhere as well. Yeah. And like, what's he freaking out about? And we looked across. And there was another cat in a car that was across from him. And they were hissing at each other in the cars that they were at. And uh, yeah, it was just this uh, this hissing uh, car uh, cat war that was that was there uh, as we were driving along the road. Nice. And then we passed by as he went calm down again. I showed him <laughs> that car that that cat left. Yeah, it's very sweet. Here's my question. It's a two part question. Oh, do you live in the city or the country? And are you a mouse? A follow up. Did you learn a lesson? <laughs> are you a mouse? <laughs> My question, actually, that's a good question. I don't know if I get too many yeses to that. But my follow question was, um, and what do you like about living in the city or the country? Okay, That's the questions for this week. Ian, how do people contact us? Well, you can go uh, that email I talked about earlier, which is sneakyd at sneakydragon.com. Everyone's talking about it. Everyone's talking about it. Uh, Facebook's still a thing, so you could go there, and we have a Sneaky Dragon site there. Tumblr exists still, sneakydragon.tumblr.com, and there's a space there to... Uh, ask questions and answer questions. Uh, and also, I don't know what's going on with Twitter today. All I know is my check mark's gone. It's gone. <laughs> Same with our friend Nina Matsumoto, third dragon. Oh, she's check mark's gone. I'm going to start being Nina, Nina Matsumoto. There's some people who were, um, saying, uh, hey, what's up? Why do I still have a check mark? I'm not paying for that check mark. And it turns out, uh, Elon Musk is uh, paying for some people's check marks. He's paying for them. Yeah. So some some he wants to keep their check marks up. So oh, he's okay. he's paying their eight dollars. Subsidizing their uh... yeah. Hmm. So it's all it's all great. It's Gee. it's all it's all real great. The only thing I regret is that it took me like about two days of having to like uh, authenticate who I was. Okay. to get that stupid thing. Yeah, and you know there you go. And then, in one instant, it's gone. Yeah, it's gone. Not that it eh, fuck doesn't matter. But uh, yeah, it's a dumbness. Um, so yeah, you could do that. Or, hey, here's the other way of going about it that all the cool kids are, are doing is you go to sneakydragon.com and you're like, wait, isn't that where I can get every episode of Sneaky Dragon? Uh, maybe listen to some past episodes where we're talking about, you know, our pets. Yeah, you could do that. Uh, could I also listen to other podcasts from the past? You know, like that talking about Pete Best being replaced by Ringo Starr. Uh, if I want to hear more Beatles type stuff, yeah. is there anywhere I could go? Yeah, we got a podcast called Completely Beatles you could listen to. Hey, you guys were talking about going to Belgium briefly. Uh, any Belgian cartoons you talked about? Yeah, we did Totally Tintin. We did a lot of stuff. Go check it out. They're all there on the site. But under every uh, episode that we've got, we've got space for you to comment. That's our message area. And we would love you to do so. Uh, you know what? Just to make... Uh, Edward Dragansky and Lisa and uh, Louise all just feel a little less arrogant. 
you know, because they feel like they run it. They're the cool kids and they're at the table and they're all just like, no one else can eat here. And it's like, you know what? You go in there and you sit down and you start a conversation right there. You stick up for yourselves. That's what you do. And then, yeah. you know, ask, ask for one of their nuggets and see, maybe make a friendship. Sure. And maybe you find out you have more in common than you expected. And we yeah. breakfast club this thing. Sure. And all of a sudden we got like a John Hughes uh, situation going on. It'd be nice. Or if you haven't written in for a while, just write in and just so we know you're still. Just check in. Just check in. We, we, say, hey. we worry. I do. Y- your mother and I worry. So, uh, you know. I do. If friends don't call me or write to me, then I think they hate me. Yeah. And then Dave goes, uh, here, talk to your father. And he hands me the phone. And I'm like, oh, I don't want to talk to him. We have a very short conversation. How's tricks? Yeah, that's good. Okay. Back, that's to your, back to your mom. Well, if it isn't, David, I suppose you want to talk to your mother. I, what? What is? That's it? All right, Dad. Bye. Yeah. Dad, I want a kidney. What? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Put mom on. I'm just kidneying. Oof. And with that, Come we're going to. And with that. Fun. And with that. It was fun. And that. <laughs> The, with that dad joke, you've told we've told you who the real dad is. Uh, thank you so much for listening. I've been Ian. I've been David. All right, stay loose, stay healthy. Bye. Stay goose, stay healthy. That wasn't blank. No, that wasn't uh, full. Okay. Well, let's hope. Yeah. Fingers crossed. All that tender stuff. I know. Here we go.